Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yo, what's up? It's Rad O'Clock team. Oh yeah. Welcome back for another awesome episode of Rad with your pals, Jesse Drackman and Jake Reedy. Oh yeah. This episode probably brought to you by Freak Productions. If you want to support great creative writing, go to www.frekproductions.com and purchase some fine quality reading from mastermind horror maestro action extraordinaire Jesse Drackman. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. This week's episode takes us into a deep dive of pure radness and, as always, Quality shit talk between Jake and Jesse. Now, without further ado, here are your hosts, Jake and Jesse, for Rad. Something like that. Enjoy. Make sure you subscribe. Please. Thank you. My dude. What's going on? How's Supernova? Mate, 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 and mate. It was, um, man, right off the bat, fucking yeah. Supernova rocked. It was, yeah, uh, rad. Yeah, it was, it was a rad weekend. Um, super grateful. Um, we were well represented. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people came by the table and, uh, engaged and discussed, uh, the wonderful world of, uh, Freak Productions and also the podcast stuff and um yeah it was really cool met a lot of really cool people and the the talk itself was super rad um i exceeded my expectations yeah sweet yeah dude it was it was it was good um had a a great turnout for it um much to my surprise so um yeah it was it was um fantastic and i you know again you know i'm just so grateful to uh you know to to supernova for you know giving a bozo like me a shot at, um, you know, being part of such a prestigious event. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool, man. It was, um, it was good. And you know, the, the cool thing was, is that people were genuinely engaged and interested when I talked about the podcasts. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. They were like, they were blown away by the simplicity of how to do it, but also just the, the ideas behind it and the content they were really really loving it i think it had something to do with me mentioning two guys that really know how to shit talk <laughs> no, they're probably just fascinated with like so you mean you just go like walk in there with like just a fucking movie to talk about and just talk shit for two hours yeah yeah something like that <laughs> yeah so yeah it was it was really cool um yeah great weekend and again you know like just met met a lot of really cool um, fellow creators and creative minds, you know, people that wear their passion and their hearts on their sleeves and just, you know, showcasing all their brilliant work, you know, writers, comic book writers, artists, you know, just, yeah, it, it was, it was a super noble weekend. Definitely. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, it was, it was, it was cool fun, man. What about you? How's, how's things besides, uh, you know, the doom and gloom. Oh, dude. <laughs> um, dude, yeah, dude. I, I, I am honestly, ha- I, I've, I've just gotten to the point where I'm almost laughing at the absurdity of how fucking just 
mental this year is I seem to like be in this flux where it's like creativity is going awesome, which is fucking great. Mm -hmm. But then it's like personal shit is just fucking disastrous. So it's like, yeah, you know, what's missing uh, is you probably need a flux capacitor. Oh, Ryan, something to right. fucking balance all this shit out. It's like, yeah, I, I, I was like walking around all weekend, just fucking Freddie Mercurying, like Mercurying my life. Just like I want it all, and I want it now. Yeah, like, yeah. But uh, no, I'm, I'm sort of just, um, just kind of like fucking just chilling. Um, back on my exercise routine, which I haven't nice. done for fucking ages. Um, yeah, just going for a walk by the beach every morning and blasting some tunes and then coming home and lifting heavy things for 45 minutes to an hour. Nice, man. Very cool. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's been a thing. So, but, um, yeah, other than that, I've just, um, been listening to Foo Fighters discography, weirdly enough. That is the weirdest thing, dude. Like peas in a pod. I just, for some reason I was just like, nah, I just feel I'm on, I'm on a Foo's kick. Yeah. Man, and you know the funny part is for me, it's it's not, um, you know, the sadness of Taylor Hawkins related. It's just that sheer curiosity. I, I, maybe that was a trigger, but I just like went, you know, I haven't actually listened to any Foo Fighters album like start to finish, um, other than the first album. Yeah, and the first album for me is fucking awesome. I love. I mean, I, love I, I go album. through like. I go through kicks every, like, every year I just go through, I don't know, I'll just, like, be, like, I just feel like listening to this band and I'll just fucking burn their discography for, like, fucking weeks. That's so rad. And just, like, yeah, like, I think the last one was the Tea Party. And oh. then it was, um, then I was, I was on Megadeth for a while. Nice. And, um, yeah, now I'm, now I'm onto the Foos. That's cool. How, how are you enjoying your foos ride? Pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I, I, I love the foos. I, I, I've loved them for ages. It's, it's one of those things where it's like everyone's like, yeah, but wouldn't it be great if Nirvana was still around? I'm like, yeah, but if they were, we wouldn't have gotten the Foo Fighters and I kind of love them and like, yeah, no, best no, of you, but, I think. No, but think but, about it. If, if Sorry, if we had Nirvana still around, imagine we had them with zombie Kurt Cobain even though he was kind of a no offense to fans out there but he was a bit of a zombie towards the end but you know oh, yeah that's true <laughs> yeah but like imagine a zombie Kurt Cobain fronting Nirvana be kind of cool I'd just be, putting I'd it out I'd be down for that yeah I, I think it'd be pretty cool but and as long as we as long as like Dave you know did Foo Fighters as a side project and you know well that output was still there yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, but man, yeah, I just yeah, I think yeah, Best of You is like one of their absolute fucking greatest songs ever recorded. Yeah, look, I I um I think all the cover bands out there in the world right now uh they have Best of You in their repertoire because I've at work um I've heard that song played so much at the moment. So yeah, yeah, but no but one no one song. does it as good as Dave. No, fuck no, dude. No way. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, I listened to the second album for the first time, and um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought what was that? Co- Co- it was, the it was great. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. the one. Great album, dude. Like, um, you know, the thing is, is, like, my excuse for Foo Fighters is not um, nothing, you know, you know how people go, oh, they sell out some stuff and whatever. I, I, I just find it, I tend not to listen to what everyone in the universe listens to when they all rave about it, like, and, 
I don't know, and, and you can't avoid it. It's kind of like, yeah, oh, man, yeah. I just need to go to my safe place and just listen to something on my own I find, terms. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and I find that like the rabid fans of stuff can really put you off shit, even if it's good. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, those rabid-ass fucking fanboys that are like, this is the best thing ever and everything else sucks. And you're just yeah. like, dude, okay, it's good, chill. But, like, you know, and just having, especially with the internet, when you've got people oh, raving about oh, shit 24 yeah. fucking 7. It's like, and shut it's the like, fuck up. It's like, you know, and it's not to, not to be a fucking elitist asshole, but it's the most mainstream shit. Mm. Like, it's like the stuff, it's like, yes, everyone likes it. There's a reason everyone likes it, because it's probably pretty good. Yeah. But then you just get like, for me, honestly, it's Chris Nolan. Yeah, like, gotcha. I, I do like Chris Nolan's films. Like, I think, Jake. are we on the Arnold episode again? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but Memento is one of the greatest films ever made. Um, no, I think Memento is fucking fantastic. And I mm. loved his remake of Insomnia. But, like, dude, by the time the Dark Knight trilogy rolled around, I was just like, can you shut the fuck up, please? You know, I'm really looking forward to our Dark Knight trilogy discussion <laughs> that's gonna be good uh, you know um, we have to break gonna get in, hate mail hey no no we have to break it up into three parts definitely oh yeah because all great things yeah. happen in three so you know yeah it's gonna be a great discussion yeah well except for the dark knight trilogy because the third one was fucking shite <laughs> What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> I love oh. Tom Hardy, but what the fuck, man? Like, oh, what, what, what were you look, doing? I don't think that was entirely his fault, but yeah, look, we'll, yeah. Get, in, we'll get into that in due course. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, man, the Foo Fighters, man, like that, that first album, I, I fucking love that first album. Um, I just love the, just, it, it had that, the remnants of Nirvana's energy, but it just it was all Dave Grohl just that realization of something special and yeah you could see that journey even though I haven't heard all the albums but I've heard bulk of the singles you can hear that that journey transcend throughout all the albums beautifully uh, it's and dude like they're, they're a band I that I just they can fucking rock hard like I watched fucking their bad. live yeah. in Wembley concert mm. um the other week and, dude, just the fucking energy that Dave brings to the shows. It's like, dude, yeah. fucking, man, you're going hard out. And well, just so it. many great singles. And, you know, they can do, like, I think Walking After You is the oh, um, great. such a great song. And it was the version, the version I love is the one that was on the X-Files He's in a pod. Soundtrack. Here we go again. Fucking yeah. hell. Were, were we separated at birth or something, dude? It's entirely possible. It's yeah, entirely I possible. So. I think it's so, like, man. You know what? Maybe like our brains were halved, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Because I was thinking the exact same thing, dude. I was like, dude, I love the version on the X Files soundtrack, and the film clip was beautiful. Oh man, the the film clip with like the the mirrors and everything. Oh, and the chick in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. It was romantic. It was was dark. It was. uh, I remember when that was in heavy rotation on, mm. I think it was Channel V. Yeah. And I, I, it was one of those clips that you just stopped and watched. Yeah. No matter what, yeah. no matter what you're doing. You just totally. stopped and, and watched it. And, and yeah. Um, yeah. And what I love about it is, is like with that song and that clip and, and through Forest in general, is just the sincerity in Dave's vocals. 
but the sincerity in his performance on camera was real. It was, yeah, yeah. that's one thing you have to give the guy absolute credit for. He knows how to fucking star in a film clip. Oh man. And also like just his songwriting is like, Mm. it's really just from the, like, there are so many Foo Fighters tracks that get me a little misty eyed. And I yeah. know it's also the fact that I'm over 40 and like, I'll fucking cry in X-Men, you know, I'll cry in Con Air. I'm, I'm a sad old <laughs> bastard, dude. I'll uh, just show me a fucking glimmer of honest emotion. And I'm in fucking pieces on the floor, you know? So are, you, are, you, are you saying you cry at Nick Cage's beautiful mullet in Con Air? I, I actually, I don't. I reserve no. that for Van Damme's beautiful mullet oh. in Hard Target um, because that, can be that a was topic special. Of discussion for sure. Look, the mullet in Hard Target had height and depth. It did. Like, yeah, it was. It, it was spectacular. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a sad old bastard, man. I am. I'm just. I, I'm losing it in old age. <laughs> I'm like, if you've ever heard Henry Rollins tell the story about White Squall, that's me. Oh. <laughs> like, <I> can... <laughs> I'll start looking up nursing homes. <laughs> Give me my fucking Zimmer frame. We'll start, we'll start ne- podcasting. Next con, nursing. it'll just be like, can you help me on stage, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Turn up oh. my hearing aid. I can't hear the questions. You know, I, sorry I do, to anyone with hearing aids that that may have offended. I'll um, tell you what, but, but I, I love do, you. I, I love you, man. Um, <laughs> I know that wasn't directed to me, but that, I'm, I'm taking it. But um, oh, yeah, hey, oh, that's that's for anyone. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> just take um, it and run with it. No, because I was just having a thought then, as you were saying all that about the con. I was just like, you know, after that that moment talking about Supernova, it got me thinking about. I want to set a new goal um, on the convention circuit. I think, even though we're still pretty green to this, I believe with enough hard work and enough listeners out there behind us, I reckon we can do a panel at, at Supernova or Oz Comic Con. I am so 100% down for that. I think it'd be fucking rad. It would be hilariously brilliant. And even more hilariously brilliant is the fact that we wouldn't be swearing. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine us trying to do one of these fucking things and keeping it like PG? Dude, just a bit gold. I think people would, <laughs> I would, I think if enough people knew about it and enough people listening to the show get behind it, I think in due course they would all, they would come and see it just sheerly to watch us not drop an F bomb. Yeah, yeah. It'd be fucking yeah. brilliant. I, or I, or oh. anything else. <laughs> there you go, boys and girls. We've just thrown down the gauntlet right now. It's, it's a goal. It's a goal. Goal. If set. you want to see us two idiots sweat our fucking balls off trying not to swear mm. for an hour. Mm. I think I think anything is possible. I really do. Yeah. So, yeah, watch this channel, I think. But, um, yeah, dude, uh, fucking Foo Fighters rock, Supernova rocked. Uh, fuck me. What else is rocking in the rad world? Uh, comic book wise, you read anything new? I have. I've read a bunch of stuff, but I'm saving it for Freaky Friday because it's all oh, horror really? related. Yeah, yeah. Well, Actually, no, I did read something this week that was fucking awesome. Dude, dude. I yeah. read Masters of the Universe Revelations Thundercats crossover. <gasps> Stop it. No, I shit you not, man. Is that brand I, new? 
No, no, no. It's ancient. It, okay. it came out years ago, and I literally found a copy last year. It was like the last copy Comics Etc. had. Damn. And I, I got it. It was either last year or the year before. It was during the pandemic when comics stopped publishing, and yeah, I yeah. was just like at a loose end and was like, oh, I'll just grab some trade paperbacks. Yeah. And I got this thing, and I've had it sitting in my to-read pile for ages. Mm. And because I'm Popo and I haven't gotten anything else new at the moment mm. until, like, um, I get all my back pay and shit sorted. Mm. I just read Masters of the Universe for Thundercats. I was like, okay, I'll read this. Dude, it is so fucking good. Dude, the title like, alone, I can tell you it's fucking awesome. So, like, the basic premise is Skeletor flogs the power sword and the cast. Uh, well, actually, Mumra travels to Eternia to flog the power sword off He-Man and get the power of Grayskull and all that sort of shit. And Skeletor ends up intercepting it and fucking up Mumra's shit. Those two wind up combining into this thing called Mumator. Oh. And, dude, there's so many cool moments. Like, you get a fight between Lion-O and He-Man, which is fucking yes. rad. Yes. Lion-O uses the Eye of Thundera to turn Battle Cat into a Thundercat, which is literally the coolest fucking thing I have ever seen. Oh. I'm just like... Yeah, dude, it's fucking wild. Like you got Panther and Man at Arms having a bit dude, of a throwdown, and then teaming up. And, oh, I, man, I was just thinking so that. Rad. There's just some, as you were some, saying that, there Fuck. is some heavy, heavy, heavy lesbian vibes between Teela and Chitara as well. I was going to say those two either fight or get it on. They kind of do both. <laughs> it's yeah. like. There's some seriously heavy, like, undertones in their dialogue where you're just going, like, okay, am I a pervert or is anyone else seeing this? Or, or perhaps the writer was just fantasizing this moment and just said, oh, it's entirely possible. All the fans. If he grew up in the 80s, it's like he's like every yeah. other guy that grew up in the 80s. It's like, oh, Chitara's hot, Teela's hot, man. Yeah. And then, you know, you hit 12 and you're like, oh, I'm having feelings here. Oh, boy, I can't stop this thing. <laughs> I'm growing in my yeah, pretty much. Oh, it's like wow. the whole TV. But yeah, dude, it is so fucking cool. Like, yeah, if, Fuck if yeah. it's I I don't know if it's out of print or not. DC published it. But um yeah, man, if if anyone wants a fucking cool read, get a hold of this thing. And the art's great as well. It's um uh Freddie Williams III who drew nice. the first uh Batman Turtles crossover. He seems to be like the go-to crossover guy. Fuck yeah, dude! That's really um, cool. Yeah, man, it's it's very awesome. Like, yeah, I, big, I really big two thumbs up. Yeah, I'm excited, man, because like, yeah, I just as soon as you said that title, I I kind of just had this like warp speed fucking exhilaration of ideas just powering through my head of what would happen, and and you just told me, yes, dude, it's it. literally every bit of fucking fan service you could possibly want in one trade paperback like i think it was six parts but yeah Yeah. it's so so cool you know it that just made me remember something i recently read that i forgot to talk about was um i recently read something similar like that um i think it's on boom or idw one of the two but i read the six million dollar man versus gi joe or oh that's rad dude it was fucking rad it was gold like basically the premise is uh, Steve Austin, the $6 million man, um, 
goes to goes on a rescue mission, um, doesn't realize it's a trap, and he gets captured uh, by Cobra, and uh, they hijack his system and basically turn him into a Cobra agent, you know, and uh, G.I. Joe inevitably teams up with um, Austin's agency to go rescue Austin, and um, Cobra basically use um, Steve Austin as their as their as their asset, but also using uh, try to uh, emulate his technology to replicate um, more fucking cyborgs for an army. And oh, that's cool! It's just fucking rad, dude. Like it's it, I I was engaged. I thought it was a very very cool story. Great artwork. I couldn't tell you who the artist is. I couldn't tell you who the writer is. I apologize. Um, my memory doesn't work like that. But um, dude, it was a fucking rad read. It was great. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. There's so many crossovers out because I, I sort of looked into it and I'm like, okay, so there's like a Thundercats Battle of the Planets crossover comic. Oh, like, God, I'd love to read I'm that. I'm just like, I really have to fucking read that. Like, mm, that's mm. fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's so many, dude. Like, there was that big explosion in the 90s, even like um, 90s and early 2000s with fucking like Superman, the Terminator, um, Superman, Aliens, Batman yeah. versus Predator, probably like, the, the pinnacle the, of them. Yeah, Batman versus Predator was awesome. And, yeah. um, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. What was it? Even uh, Batman wild, Judge Dredd. Wild, yeah, oh, Batman Judge Dredd was, dude, how boss was that? Dude, boss. But uh, Wildcats, Aliens was fucking insane. Really? I haven't read that. It's good. Oh, man. So you you remember the Image Universe, how, like, there was oh. Storm, Stormwatch and all yes. that? Yes, So basically... Xenomorphs land on the Stormwatch space station and slaughter pretty much the entire team. Oh, wow. And hatch in them. So you've got Xenomorphs with like, you know, one pops out of, I think it was Fahrenheit or someone like that Mm -hmm. and can breathe fire and shit. Damn. So like, yeah, the Wildcats get contacted by Stormwatch's, you know, ground crew basically and say, hey, you know, fuck, shit's going down up there. We haven't heard from anyone on the station. Can you go check it out? So, you know, Void warps them all up there and it's the Wildcats getting into shit with a bunch of aliens. And it's, dude, it's insane because it, and it was, it was really wild back in the day because it was one of those uh, crossovers that actually had lasting consequences in Mm. the image universe. So it's like from that, Stormwatch was pretty much over and you had the authority spin out of it. So, Damn. which was pretty cool. I mean, I do kind of wish that I'm, you know, looking back at it, I'm like, why didn't you guys get the Stormwatch black team up there? Because I'm pretty sure like Apollo and Midnighter would have had that shit cleared up in a couple of seconds. Oh, easy. easy. You know, probably, probably, you know, a second if Hawksmoor and the engineer pitched in, <laughs> but you know, it's yeah. like, good, you know, it's like, dude, the authority are essentially fucking gods. Like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be sick, man. I mean, there's just like, yeah, there's so many good fucking crossovers. Then, was there a know, Lobo Judge Dread one? There was. There was a Lobo yeah, Judge Dread, yes. which was pretty fucking awesome. Yes. Um, but one one that I always wanted to see that they never did, and I wish to this day they had done it was Batman versus Terminator. Oh, that would be boss. Like, dude, right? Like, and it's it's such an easy concept. It's like, okay, Sarah Connor and John Connor are on the run. They wind up in Gotham. Terminator shows up. Fucking pointy ears, pokes his fucking head in and gets into the shit. Yeah. It's yeah. just such an easy concept. And it would be so cool. It's like, 
I think Batman trying to stop a Terminator would be pretty fucking rad. I think so too, man. I think that'd be fucking awesome. Um, dude, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot. Of, there's more crossovers sort of popping up here, there, and everywhere, but not as fluently as they exploded back in the nineties. I don't think. You know, oh yeah, man. The nineties and early two thousands. Like I remember reading like GI Joe versus Transformers as a kid and stuff mm, like that, mm. and it was it was pretty pretty wild. Um, and I know they redid it a bunch of times, like when Dreamwave or Devil's Due had the license for both of them. Yeah. Um, one that was really cool that I did read recently, uh, well, not recently, like last year or so, was Hack Slash versus The Crow. I have seen that, but I haven't read that. It's good? It's pretty good, dude. Like, yeah. it's like, because, I, you know, sometimes you sort of think like, oh, this is either going to be great or it's going to suck. And it was really, really good. Fuck yeah. Like it was, yeah. it was a really, really interesting, well done story. The way they brought like Cassie and Vlad into it was really cool. Like, mm. um, yeah, man, it was, it was a, it was a fun read. Oh, that's so good, man. That's so good. Fuck yeah, dude. Some good shit out there to read. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, dude. He said what? Is there what? I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. Um, <laughs> dude, yeah, man. Fucking, uh, man. If if anyone hasn't read any of those comics, man, just. Get, get yourself a Comixology account. I haven't tried it myself, but I've heard good things about that. And you can download all this shit. And yeah. It's fucking worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a lot of, a lot of comic shops have them. I mean, you know, you can, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is either, some of it might be out of print, but like, you know, you can jump on fucking eBay and Amazon and you usually yeah. hunt up cheap copies. There's some good comic uh, sell, uh, buy, sell trade groups on Facebook as well. Fuck yeah. That's super cool, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, the potential's out there. Um, actually, one, just quickly, one guy at a, uh, one of those nostal- comic nostalgia stalls at Supernova, um, I, I wish I could remember the name of his stall, but he was super cool. We had a great chat about the Warriors and um, I told him about my book and stuff. And it was super cool. And when I went back and saw him later, um, I was flicking through his comics and um, came across across a couple of issues of Shogun Warriors from the seventies. <laughs> yeah, dude. And to me, wow. I know, right? And to me, I was just like, dude, I have wanted to read this all my fucking life. And um, I, I, I'm like, oh, bro, this is fucking mint. And he's smiling, and and I go, how much, man? And and he, because I only wanted the two, and you could get six for twenty bucks or something like that. And I went, I only want these two. And he goes, You're, they're yours. And he just gave them to me. Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. Fucking moments of kindness, right? It's oh, man, yeah. Right. Blows it's, my mind. Yeah. It, it, all, it always mind. just, it always makes me happy to hear shit like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he knew they were going to a home that they'd be loved and appreciated. So, that's fucking, the thing, man. Yeah. It's like, it's it's like, you know, when I'm when I'm selling stuff, like, you know, because I, I usually do regular clear outs on my comics. Like, because yeah. I, I, I get so much shit that it's like, you know, I'll get something if I want to read it. Yeah. And then I'll just be like, you know, I'll give it away to kids at Halloween or I'll give it to friends or something like that mm-hmm. if I know they're into it. Because it's just like, look, I want this to go to a good home. I want this to go, like, to someone that's going to love it. I don't like selling stuff if it's going to go to – I have a big – not a big issue, but I really hate it when people buy stuff just to resell it. Yeah, that part bugs me. I prefer people to buy it for the, the simple fact of what comics are intended for to fucking read. 
Oh, right. that's it. Like, read it. Love it. Read it till it fucking falls apart for all I care. Fold it up and stick yeah. it in your back pocket while you're yeah. going off to play in a park with your friends. Like, 100%. as long as you're enjoying it, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Like, have it for free. I don't care. Like, I mean, I'd rather someone yeah. enjoy it. Today's elitist collectors, they talk about gradings. They've got ah. all this weird fucking heavy plastic packaging and shit. And it's like, I, dude, man, I have never understood that. Like these nah. people that like slab their comics. It's like, I have this. It's like, yeah, but you can't read it. Yeah, yeah, but I have it. It's like, but you can't read it. Like, man, I, I love like, I love pulling out old comics. I love the smell of them. Like singing the, the same thing, the ads, man, yeah. like yeah. The everything, like it just, it is such a time capsule back it to is. the time and place where you got it or where you first saw it. We're like, oh, I want that, and you mm. know, couldn't get it or whatever, and find it years later. It's like it's the fucking fun of it. It's the euphoric moment that that is sadly missed when you just chuck it in a slab, lock the padlock, and throw it away in a vault. Yeah, it's like, bro, you don't own it. You own it but you don't own it because you don't appreciate it. You don't respect it. You know, well, that's like, to me, it's like, it's worthless. Like, I mean, I, you, all these people like, you know, I have fucking amazing Spider-Man 300 first appearance of Venom. It's like, I have that too. It's yeah. sitting in a plastic bag in my room with my other Spidey comics. It is dog-eared as fuck. The pages are yellowing and it has been read so much because I got it when it first came out as a kid. And I mean, I think it was like one of the first, I got it from a secondhand fucking bookstore. Fuck so yeah. it, was, it was already dinged up and it's got like 50 cents written on the cover. And I yeah. fucking love it because it's like, yeah. I remember the day I got that. I remember reading that. I remember as a kid tracing over some of Todd McFarlane's art, trying to learn how to draw Spider-Man like him. Yeah, like there are yeah, probably man. like lines etched into the cover from where I traced it and shit. <laughs> like, and I mean, I wouldn't give it away to fucking anyone. Like it's, I, I, I love it. Cause it's just that it just takes me back to that day. I found it at that secondhand bookstore in Wall's End or fucking uh, Jesmond or wherever the fuck it was, Georgetown mm. in Newcastle and just grabbed it along with a bunch of other shit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the beauty of like memories like that. It's, it's oh, yeah, right. It's it just takes you that, like you say, the time capsule, that happy place where you just yeah. you go back to simpler times when you you know ride your BMX with your mates and ride down to the to the newsagent and just go oh. through back then when they had fucking acres of comics on the shelf and you, yeah, man, or the turnstile, whichever, and yeah. you would just find. You, you know, your favorite comics with 50 cents or a dollar fucking written in yep. pencil on the page, but you didn't give a fuck because yeah. you wanted to read it, you know? Yeah, that's it, man. Like, comics are meant to be fucking read and enjoyed. And, I mean, like like the time capsule thing, dude, I got an entire run of – because I had, I had to sell it, but I got it when it first came out, but I recently re-got it an entire run of damage from DC. Nice. And I was, I was telling B about it. Um, because you didn't believe me. I was like, you know, back in the day, there were fucking comics were great because there were ads for movies on the back. Like, you know, I remember seeing ads for California, which we totally got to talk about on Freaky Friday at some point because that movie fucking rocks. Um, I was like, you know, there were music ads in there. I remember seeing like the ad for the Downward Spiral when it was released. And he was like, really? That's so weird because like comics now, it's like, you know, you get a DC comic. If there's a DC movie, there'll be an ad for Batman on there or whatever. I'm like, yeah, Mm. but like, and I was going through, I was like, see, see, this is fucking what we had back in the day. It was awesome. 
Yeah, it was. It was like it, it's like it's adds a, the single white female and shit yeah, like that. Dude. Like you know, it was, it was great. Just, I mean, it was so great because it was like with comics, it's like not only did you get the comic and the story which you really wanted to read, but you got exposed to all this other cool shit, like all these bands you'd never heard of and stuff like that. I mean, well, fuck, I think right. that's how I first became aware of Typo Negative. Yeah, exactly, because you saw the cool artwork and you went, oh, wow, th- yeah, this this looks like something I'd get into. Yeah. And, yeah, you, you, you would do exactly that. And, and like, you, you'd even read, like, those fucking funny, um, shitty fucking uh, one-page co- uh, comic ads for t- uh, Hostess Twinkies or whatever. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I remember those. Remember- do you remember the Marvel one with Meatloaf? Where Meatloaf no. was like, oh man, I've got to take a picture of it and send it to you. Because mm, uh, I've mm. got it in a Daredevil comic. It was like um, a Save the Children thing or something like that. And it was like this little like one-page cartoon ad of Meatloaf. And he's like, you know, rocking out in a red trench coat. And he's like, the people that try to save the children are the real heroes. I'm going to give them everything I've got. And then it's like all these Marvel characters are standing around and going, oh, Meatloaf, will help. How? It's like, fill out this form today and donate. It was so fucking cheesy, but so cool. Oh, man. That, I mean, th- this is it. This is what's missing. I had this discussion with, the, funny enough, those back issue guys uh, at their stall. We were just talking about exactly all of that. And we're just going, you know, it, it sounded very old man and rocking chair, but it was like, there was so much truth to it. It's like, you pick up new comics today. It's cool. It's fun. You know, if the mm. story's great and the art's great, yeah, cool. Boxes tick. But the advertising is nothing like what it was. No, nah, man, it, it really isn't. No. Nah. And, and, you know, I mean, that's sign of the times, you know, changing social climate, all, the, all that stuff. But, dude, fuck me, man. It's just great that we can go back and pick up these old comics and just open the bag, smell the paper oh, man, and right? just time warp, man. It's, yeah, it's ad, euphoria. Ads. Yeah, dude, you know, the ads for, like, games and, yeah, um, you know, the, the ads leading into something that we're going to be talking about this episode, yes, wrestling. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, all those wrestling ads, fuck yeah. Yeah, we, we uh, Jake and me have been threatening to discuss the, the fucking radness of the WWF, as it was better known back in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, back, back in then. Yeah. Um, that was, <laughs> and the, yeah. the wrestling album. And the, re- oh, the wrestling album, oh my God. I have that fucking thing on vinyl, do you believe that? Are you serious? I'm serious, dope. man. I had the wrestling album on vinyl. I've had it since it came out. Is that it's the like, one with um, Hulk Hogan on the cover wearing a silver yeah. helmet? Uh, it's the one. It's got like all the wrestlers on the cover and they're in like a recording studio and it's got such great tracks in there as like um, Jimmy the Heart singing like Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield. Oh. Like... Hulk Hogan's theme, I am a real American, like Hillbilly Hillbilly Jim doing Don't Go Messing with a Country Boy. <laughs> it's like, it's fucking insane. Because I remember, I, I vaguely remember Hulk Hogan's theme um, with actual video footage of, you know, I think there's a film clip of it and there's a se- there's segments of him in the vocal booth looking like he's actually singing the song. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was fucking genius. Yeah, 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 dude. It's it was like it was such a great piece of marketing. Like 
because I mean, wrestling, wrestling in the eighties, dude, was huge. Like the rock and roll wrestling thing was massive. Dude, the rock and roll wrestling cartoon was fucking huge. Like that was. Oh, dude, that's I remember how big that. It was. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that cartoon quite well. Yeah, Hulk Hogan's like, rock and roll wrestling. Yeah, such a good animated series. It was it. Uh, it was a Saturday morning CBS cartoon. Ran from eight. <laughs> What eight? It ran for about a year, eighty-five to eighty-six. I think it did. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. But so and, um, so cool, man. It was like it was those great cartoons that had like the live action segments at the start, yeah. where it's like you would have different wrestlers introducing the episode. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. And and there were so many like I don't know. It, it was just the like it, it worked in sync with everything else that was great around then, like your GI Joes. Uh, the Super Friends, all those cartoons. It was always that yeah. that war of good and evil, you know. Mister T and the T Force, Chuck Norris. Oh, Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos. God. Hey, <laughs> quick, quick um, side note here. Are you a fan of the Blacklist? Uh, the TV series. I have seen a few episodes, but I haven't watched all of it. Okay, cool. There is a new series of the Blacklist out now, and the reason why I'm bringing it up is because they've just they've aired two episodes of the new series on Netflix and one of the characters, Rexler, um, he's come back with, I don't know whose idea this was, but it's a stroke of genius and I'll screenshot it and send it to you. But dude, he looks exactly like Chuck Norris in the eighties. Oh God. Mustache, hairdo and the fashion rolled up, you know, pulled up sleeves, everything. It's like, (laughs) I'm just like, dude, Are they are they serious? Is this happening? Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah, I'm serious. It like spitting image Chuck Norris. I feel like this one of the creators out there is just going, "Hey Leo, wouldn't it be cool if we made Rexler look like Chuck Norris in Bed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, that's brilliant, man. Yeah, sorry, yeah, that I, is I, so I, brilliant. I had to bring that up. Um, yeah, for uh, future reference, Chuck Norris episode coming soon. Um, oh yeah, we 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 got to. We're doing that. <laughs> but yeah, rock and rock and wrestling was fucking dope, man. Like, uh, you know, all the characters were so much fun in there. Andre the Giant, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh yeah, Junkyard Dog. Oh, Rowdy mm. Roddy Piper was brilliant. Um, yeah, man. Know, a Brett the Hitman Hart, like Brutus Beefcake, Jimmy like... the Superfly Snooker. Yeah, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Even Gene Oakland is Mean yeah. Gene's in yeah, there. Yeah, Mean Gene. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Ms. Ventura. Yeah, Jesse dude. Ventura commentating. Like, I feel like his role in Running Man was a bit of a play on that because it's like, okay, he used to wrestle and now yeah. he commentates, and then yeah. Running Man, it's like, okay, he used to be like one of the the gladiators, and now he's like a commentator. Yeah, like I feel that was a very deliberate play on his wrestling days. Um, I think so too. But I mean, that cartoon was just such a uh, signature of just how big that that moment in time was for us kids growing up in that oh, time man, period. Yeah. Man. Like, I I I remember as a kid, man, having like the wrestling figures and the little yeah. thumb wrestler oh, dudes. Oh, Like they were have cool. Iron Sheik. Yeah, 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 and Nikolai Volkov, the, the yeah, Russian yeah. Dude. I don't great. think he, I don't think he'd fly too well in the current political climate. No, but, no, no. Uh, but I mean, yeah, and it was just such fun. Um, and it, it, I feel like you know that really set the template for it going forward. Because I mean, even in the nineties, like I 
didn't really watch wrestling that much in the nineties, but my brother did. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would catch it every now and then and I couldn't help, but sort of get a little caught up in watching some of it because it really is so fucking entertaining. I know people look down on it and it's like, you know, oh, it's fucking stupid. It's intellectual slumming and rah, rah, but it's kind of entertaining. Like some of the shit in the nineties, man, with like degeneration X and all that was mm-hmm. just hilarious. And some of the yeah. writing, like, I mean, the rock dude that built his fucking career and he yeah. was brilliant at it. Like, yeah, I would literally watch it just for the segments where The Rock would come on and shit talk everyone. Yeah, it was gold. Because man. it was funny as fuck. And, you know, then you had like Steve Austin. And you couldn't. The great thing about wrestling in the 90s was that even if, I feel like even if you watched it week to week, like they would almost attempt to have storylines, but week to week there would just be like shit that just went out the window and, you know, some dude comes back and now he's a bad guy and, you know, Vince McMahon shows up in a neck brace because Steve Austin beat the crap out of him. When? Oh, I don't know. Fucking off screen. Who cares? Like, but, uh, it's just such good fun. It was, man. That, like, that era was great. The Attitude Era was fucking untouchable to this day. Oh, but, yeah. But, like, even in, in the 80s, man, like, these guys were, like, fucking superheroes. They were gods, man. Dude, like, they were rock stars, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, you had Hulk Hogan showing up everywhere. Yeah, like, man. He was massive. Um, Say your prayers, take your, take your vitamins. Like, you remember when he showed up in Gremlins 2? Yeah, dude. Like, what, what <laughs> the... But you know? The, I mean, that, that's height. That's, that, that just shows you the magnitude of how, how powerful this entity was back then. Yeah. Um, and, and, like... like uh, just some of the characters in it, man. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say about the... Gremlins I was just going to say, it was absolute genius. Like, it yeah. was... And honestly, like, the marketing and stuff. And, I mean, you know... <sighs> Marketing, I feel like marketing back in the 80s and 90s, like especially around the, the rock and roll wrestling era, mm. wasn't as cynical as it sort of is today. Like no. it was a bit more like, hey, if you're a fan of it, we've got more of this shit for you. We've got yeah. magazines, we've got posters, we've got toys, we've got a fucking record coming man, out. Like I, I was I was one of those kids, man. I soaked up everything. I, I got the magazines. Oh. Just more to look at the pictures and just go, oh, because oh, I was the, I was the sure. ultimate warrior fan, dude. Yeah, he was cool. I never really caught too much of him because I think oh. I'd sort of dropped off wrestling by the time he rolled in. Thanks um, for YouTube, dude. Yeah, like, but I always thought like because I'd see him in comics and stuff like yeah. that, and I'd be like, who the fuck is this dude? He looks rad. He looks like yeah. fucking. He looks like David Lee Roth on steroids, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like. Yeah, like he just looks like this fucking Venice Beach dude crossed with Conan or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, he was so cool, man. He was like, uh, you know, you know, like they were trying to sort of go. I, I don't know. They were trying to, you know, just keep the height of of um, the wrestling, you know, WWF, WWE, whatever it is. Um, they were trying to keep that that vibe alive, and and just you know, they realized that Hulk Hogan was fucking, you know. Um, couldn't be the poster child, you know, forever. So they had yeah. to come up with new heroes and Ultimate Warrior is one of those guys. And 
around that time, man, look, the painted up wrestlers were fucking boss, man. Like, well, man, I remember like Sting came in, yeah, and then, like back in the nineties, like you know, he reinvented himself with this fucking crow outfit mm-hmm. when he was on WCW, mm-hmm. which I thought was fucking cool. I that actually was got brilliant. it. I got an action figure of I saw an action figure of him in that outfit at a toy store once and grabbed it because I was like, "This is the closest to a crow action figure I'm going to get." Little did yep. I know, McFarlane was like, "Going, oh, really, Jake?" Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but, one up you on that one. My yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I thought he looked rad, but I mean, and you know, the comic and like what I what I always loved about wrestling, especially in the eighties and nineties, was like the comic and, you know, pop culture influences sleeping yes. in. Like, you yes. know, because you had Rey Mysterio doing his Spider Man shtick. Mm-hmm. Um then you had I don't know if you remember or not, but like there was a whole vampire the masquerade push yes. in wrestling when With you the had Kindred. Yeah, Gangrel, Gangrel. and yep. Christian. That was great. And, you know, look, no shots at Gangrel, but, dude, you were the chubbiest vampire I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it, he started great, but after a while, I just kind of went, yeah. oh, boy, this is embarrassing. I mean, like, Edge always looked fucking cool. Like, that guy. Still does. Know, like, he looked fucking rad back then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, I mean, I think you also had uh, Raven in the WCW yep. doing a bit of comic-y sort of stuff. Yeah, like, Raven was good with the flock. He was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Then you what? had Undertaker and Kane yeah, and all, all that business. Like, it, it I remember was... when they introduced Kane and it was like, whoa, what the fuck? He's a giant fucking mask and shit. Like, yeah, it was insane, dude. And, like, um, one of my favorite tag teams was, uh, you know, going back to the 80s bit, was Demolition. Oh yeah, Axe and Slash, they were fucking great, dude. Like they were, they were WWF's answer to the Legion of Doom, or better known as the Road Warriors back then. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, I remember the Road Warriors because I was like, "What the fuck is this Mad Max shit doing in the wrestling? Oh. And why isn't there more of it? Because these guys look awesome. Like and they'd rock up with those big spiked shoulder pads that was and shit. So good, and that was yeah. so tough, dude. Like fuck, you just would not fuck with them. Yeah. They destroyed everyone in the ring. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Um, yeah, all those guys, man. But um, yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Like even Kiss got involved in the WCW. Uh, yeah, when they had the Demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they, they, they basically pushed this, you know, this character, the Demon, and it was, you know, they marketed it like as the future WCW champion and all this. Um, which lasted five minutes, unfortunately, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, because remember Vampiro, yep, yep, yeah, yep, he yep. was great, dude. Like, I, I hated him, but I loved him in the same oh, breath, man. It's like, I, 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 I always like, I always loved The Rock, like, because, yes, like, even when great. he was doing his bad guy turn, he was so entertaining, yeah. um, and I loved. I loved Goldberg on WCW because I was just like, this dude's just fucking a bulldozer. Like, Goldberg he showed... was, the, he was the juggernaut. Dude, he really was because it's like he just showed up and he was in such a simple outfit. He just had his tattoo as like his thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he'd just destroy anyone they put in front of him. And I mean, look, I know we, we all know wrestling's kind yeah. of fake. But, yeah. it, you know, when you're watching it, like you watch it as entertainment and it's so cool. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many discussions today. Like, yeah, it's well documented. A lot of the, you know, the choreography and all that sort of stuff. But you got to put, you got to remember, these guys are doing spear tackles and fucking flying off top ropes and stuff. That's the thing. Um, like, you've got to 
look, yeah. even if you don't respect that it's an actual, like, you know, beat the shit out of each other thing like UFC or whatever, mm. you've got to respect the athleticism and training that these guys do because they are pulling some fucking dangerous shit. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ, look at Mick Foley, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, and these guys have openly guy discussed... destroyed himself. Yeah, I mean, these guys have openly discussed the level of inju- injuries they've sustained and... Um, yeah, a lot of that's beautifully portrayed um, with a sadness to it with uh, Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. Yeah. You know? Dude, that movie is so fucking good. Like, yeah, it really is. Like, I, I, if you, like, because I know people that are like, oh, Mickey Rourke, like, he's passed. I'm just like, no, dude, no. Like, no. You watch, if you watch that movie and it does not break your fucking heart, yeah. like, I don't know what I can do for you. Like, clearly yeah. you've got a fucking cold storage chest where your fucking heart should be. It's, cause... it's fucking beautiful, man. And it's, it's poetic and yeah, dude, yeah, it has the most incredible ending. Like, yeah. Just, wow. Like, yeah. And I mean, even some of the docos, I, I haven't seen all of them, but I know there was a doco on Vampiro. I know there was a doco on Jake, the snake Roberts, um, where these Iron guys Sheep talk has about one stuff. As well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of the, I think there's even one on um remember Droz, Darren Drozdoff? Oh, vaguely. Yeah, yep. I think like he actually broke his neck in the ring and wound mm. up um uh, in a chair, uh unfortunately. But yeah. um I think they did a doco on him as well. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, you know, when you talk about that, I I straight away think about um Owen Hart and that Oh, that yeah, fatal I was literally accident. just going to mention him, man. Yeah. He's in a pod. He's in a pod. Yeah, I mean, that was that was one of the biggest tragedies in wrestling because I, I was mm. I was a Blue Blazer fan when he was yeah you know, I, I was like dude this guy's rad and just the way he was so aerodynamic and everything in the ring but that oh, yeah. entrance that entrance of his was something else like descending from a cable above you know high above the ring yeah um, and sadly yeah um, due to bad safety it just fell apart and yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's the thing, man. That was that was absolutely tragic, and I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, unfortunately, it fucked his brother up as well. Because I, I was always a Brett, the Hitman Hart fan. Same, like I, same. He was I great. Thought that dude was fucking cool as shit in the eighties. Maybe it was the mirrored Oakleys. I don't know. There was just I, something about him, dude. It was like, yeah, I, I put him on par with Goldberg and just the level of just their uh, the way they composed themselves outside and yeah. inside the ring. Yeah, yeah, he, but, was, um, he was good. That's the thing, man. I really feel like that era of wrestling, like the 80s through the 90s, I, I haven't kept up with it. Like, I, I couldn't tell you who's doing what now. I know The Undertaker just did a Hall of Fame thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that recently. And Triple H officially announced his retirement. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to love Triple H. Like, he yeah, was he was such, great. He was such, like, he was such a perfect scumbag. I mean, that's what I was going to say there. Like, he was such a perfect scumbag. But, like, that era, like the eighties and nineties, just gave us so many household names. Yeah, and I, it did. I've got to tip my hat to Vince McMahon and everyone behind it for mm. the level of promotion they did, not just for the actual sport and the entertainment side of it, but for their performers. Because, like, yeah, did there were so many household names? Like, we could sit here for another fucking four hours just listing Easy. off Easy. great wrestling personalities from from that era mm. yeah because we haven't even fucking scraped the surface of fucking like half of the names in there like this between wcw and wwf there was mm. so many dude like i mean, I mean was, you know 
the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I fucking, yeah, yeah. He was such yeah. a bad Rick, guy, but God, he Rick was good. Flair, like Rick Flair, Rick Flair is such a great personality, even though you hate him when yeah. he's on screen. Like, there, but was, I, but there was I, something I, magnificent about him, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've got to tip my hat to Val Venus from the uh, 90s because that whole ladies. thing. Oh, dude, <laughs> right? I had a friend. My friend Richard used to do we, – we were in a share house back in the 90s and he was just – he loved Val Venus. Like, and he would do the best impression of him. It was <laughs> flawless. And he would do it fucking anywhere, man. Nightclubs, middle yeah. of the fucking street, like you that know. And then that, that whole thing with him with Ken Shamrock, where he was like, and like he'd show up every week with a new fucking porn movie that he made, <laughs> and it was so funny and just hilarious. And I mean, I guess you'd say it was risque nowadays, but like back then, it was just all in good fun. It was fucking totally, funny man. as shit, totally. man. Totally. Uh, yeah, man, it was, it was good times, man. And, um, yeah, fuck there, there was, there was so many of those guys, but, um, well, I reckon let's, let's talk some more about that after the, our weird commercial break. Yeah. You can. Uh, oh, fucking, uh, fucking, uh, right. I am. <laughs> All right. We'll be, we'll back, after, yeah, we'll be we'll... back after these messages. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> commercial break. That was a great commercial break. We, we hope you enjoyed those messages from our sponsors. <laughs> we got, wait, wait, wait. We've got sponsors. I was just going to say, you know what we need? You know what we really need is you remember the old bumper ads that they had for the cartoons? Like the Transformers will return after these messages. Oh, yeah. Now yes. return to the Transformers. We need some of that shit. Yeah. All right. Done. I reckon we'll, we'll get that. I think uh, the powers that be will sort that for us and we'll get... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll get something like to the extent of Domino's Pizza presents Rad returning after this commercial break. Uh, I don't know if we can do Domino's, man. There was there was there was a bad experience on Domino's, not once but twice in my past. Yeah, and um, yeah, we we just uh, is it is it is it something you want to talk about, man? Like we, I mean, we we just you know, we can't like, we can't we can't go there, man. It's, it's okay. bad. It's there was badness. There was there explosive was, diarrhea or there fucking was, man. There was I literally moved into a new place, right? And mm. we we're like unpacking and it's like, hey, let's get dominoes. Yeah. Got dominoes. And um yeah, it was a night of shaking and bacon and sleeping on the living room floor so that uh, we could both do add dashes to the crapper if oh, need wow. be. So, is it safe to say that you would consider Domino's the the bastion of evil in pizza dining? Or yeah, I'm I'm a Pizza Hut guy. Like Domino's, pizza Hut, just, yeah. I miss Eagle Boys. I, I will say Eagle, I Boys, Eagle Boys. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 The what did they have? What was the Dino Slab? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was something like that. Yeah, dude, they had something wicked like that. Remember, you remember that time when they? I haven't eaten pizza in forever, but. Um, you remember they used to those fucking meat along pizzas and oh yeah, would, what was that? The, the shit, the Bigfoot was that it? Yeah, it was, was something it, like that. I remember like that. Yeah, yeah. I I used to work in a pizza shop back in high school days, and man, we used to make dino slabs up, and we just throw everything in the kitchen sink on it. It was great. 
Yeah, Pizza Hut, but always making it great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but man, yeah, the the Dominoes that, that scarred me. That yeah. scarred me. And there was a sequel too because we were we were driving from Toowoomba to Burpengary, and <clears throat> we had Dominoes the night before. And yeah. you know we're like probably a half hour out of Burpengary in mm-hmm. fucking peak hour. Damn. And it just hit me, and dude, I was like, I'm like trying to hold on. We got to Burp and Gary to the place where we were going, and it was just like, give me the fucking keys, like, yeah, I'm, I'm running inside and making a mad dash. Maybe, um, maybe one of the kids forgot to throw the chicken out the night before, or something like that. Oh, dude, it was something like that. There was like some some bad ham going on there, or some yeah. bad cheese, or something like that. But, you know, the, the good part of that story is that when I got inside, I spent so long expelling the horror that I actually got through the entire trade paperback for House of M. So, you know, that was a thing. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a decent read, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's Bendis, man. So that's fucking overwritten like a motherfucker. Like, like dialogue a, for days, dude. There's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue and reading in that son of a bitch. And you must have been backed up to high heaven just unleashing the beast dude i think i was shitting out stuff i ate in kindergarten like wow, that's, that's how pretty hard this fuck. thing hit me damn dude you reckon you reckon you filled it to the brim of the bowl dude i think i lost like fucking 30 pounds on that fucking from that bad pizza like i reckon you would have looked down at the bowl to see the 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 um disaster and just seen your reflection just staring up at you through the shit going Yo, what's up? And then, dude, I didn't even look, man. I was too scared. Maybe it was like venom. It was like a symbiote, and just yeah, could have been it was, all kinds of evil. Uh, like to to quote Billy Connolly, my ass was in tatters. Damn, that's pretty brutal, man. Yeah, you know, the funny part is, is Domino's is like the the major pizza sponsor of Supernova. <laughs> Oh, uh, go figure. I, I hope there's a lot of porta potties. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I'm going to get no. so many date offers after this episode. I reckon you are, dude. I like, think you're I, I'm going to get so many women yeah. just being like, you know, I want to, you know, the guy with the, the shit stories? Yeah. Is, is he doing anything this weekend? <laughs> Jake's going to pick it up. Yeah. Tell shit stories. I am available for children's parties, by the way. It's a shitty good time. <laughs> oh boy, how did we get off topic like that? That was, that was I, I, awesome. d- I don't know. Sponsors something, Domino's. There was badness, but you know, it, it gets me thinking. You know, in our conversation about wrestling and the WWF or rock and roll wrestling, um, it gets me thinking about you know when you're taking on like someone like Yokozuna or one of those big ass dudes with a big, big fucking wide hall sticker on their ass. If they take a shit or, you know, they take a shit before they go in the ring and proceed not to wipe their ass properly. And they do, do that remember? face. Yeah. Do you remember Rikishi? Yes. You remember his big move was to like slam a dude into the turnbuckles. Yes. And then back up his asshole yep. when he was wearing that weird, nappy g-banger yep. combo yep. right into their face like can you imagine <laughs> the torture like behind that i do and i mean look man i mean look you know we've already talked about you know food poisoning shits and yeah, stuff yeah, like that yeah. on this episode so no no topic is off bounds no like 
you got to imagine, man, he's been in that ring. He's under the hot lights. He's sweating. He's moving around. Like, dude, getting that in your face is not going to be pleasant. Like, no. I would have been demanding a bonus if that well, was me. But like, hang on, you, you want that. that dude's ass in my face. That's going to cost you at least another 20K just for tonight. <laughs> I mean, do, yeah, do you, do you reckon like any, um, any, like, no sane wrestler would agree to have Rikishi's ass in their face. So obviously some young schmucks have fucking copped. You know, Vince has just said, well, it's all part of the entertainment. It's it's for the kids. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, little do they realize Rikishi has just got fucking all kinds of funk going on in that fucking G-banger and all but hell's about there's, to break. There's got to be, man. Like, that's like... That can't, that's that's got to be some nasty shit. That's I mean, going to be some like you could be scarred for life, like copying. I mean, as 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 choreographed and scripted as the the wrestling is, it's like something like that would be a traumatic moment, like an ass that big pressed well, in your face. Still got some dude's gigantic flabby butthole, like pressed sweaty into your nose, like yeah, like. Come on, That's... and I mean, you know, you know, like, I, I'm not saying that I'm an expert on sweaty assholes, but like, y- you know, you get a sweaty asshole, it, you know, and uh, a bit of shit that didn't get wiped properly or whatever to that. It's yeah, it can be. It's a recipe for disaster. Well, and I mean, you know, I've known some girls that have done some jobs, and um. You know, they've said stuff to me like, do you get some of the big dudes in for a massage or something like that? Mm. A lot of the time, you know, they're really big. They can't, you know, get around and take care of everything. So you kind of just got to, like, not make the face and, you know. Wow. I'm, I'm just saying, I've heard stories from some ladies that have been in certain parts of the entertainment industry that i've been friends with and stuff like that and yeah like there's some nasty nasty there's some dudes that just can't wipe their butt properly and you know um look i'm I'm not casting any aspersions on rikishi's hygiene or anything like that i'm just saying he was a big boy you know who else was a big boy from i I think it was the 80s i want to say the 80s no no 90s earthquake Mm. remember that and remember that like oh yeah like, you're talking of deadly finishing moves what about earthquakes fucking uh earthquake slam or whatever it was i can't remember but you remember he just bounced around the the opponent that's laid out flat on the floor and they're just staring up and i i, I don't know why you'd have your eyes open at that moment but when he just jumped on top of them and the ass just came down <laughs> over their face. It's kind of like face hugger of the worst extreme, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was some bad shit, man. That was that was not cool. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, the fuck the the traumatic nightmares and the 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 psychological therapy afterwards would just be ah oh, man. Be I, I think there's probably still dudes in therapy now. I'm gonna say that there probably were but yeah speaking of so what was your favorite what, <laughs> what was your absolute favorite finishing move from anyone 
Because there were a lot of good. Ones. Oh, there were some good ones, man. I there always, was... I always, it wasn't my favorite, but I always loved in WCW, like when Diamond Dallas Page would oh, like do yeah. the Diamond Cutter. The Diamond and, Cutter like, was great. The the I love that it was just fucking different every time because it was just like he was just making shit up as he went along, and the common the commentators would just be like, "Oh, it's the unpredictable nature of the Diamond yeah. Cutter," <laughs> and you're just like, "Yeah, unpredictable," because he's fucking making this shit up every week. He's a fucking dude, man. I, I love DDP, man. Like, mm. I, I saw him at Supernova, funny enough, at a seminar oh, cool. years ago. And, and dude, he was talking about himself, you know, being a man in his 60s, talking about DDP yoga. And he looked a picture of health, man, like fit, yeah. everything. And proceeds to, like, he's wearing jeans. And he proceeds to just cock his leg up right over his head to show off his <laughs> flexibility. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that's been injured in the ring, fucking, you know, t- talked about his knee injuries and everything, and there he is doing the split, you know, yeah. cocking his leg up above his head. I really loved, um, I loved his turn in Devil's Rejects, man. Like, I, I love that so many of these guys have gone on to have careers beyond wrestling. Isn't it great? Like, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, like, you know, like, you, you've, you, I mean, you got Hulk Hogan, obviously, with like Suburban Commando and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, Kevin Nash has done a shitload of stuff. Yeah, like, Magic Mike. Uh, I haven't even seen Magic Mike, but yeah, like, he's, oh, dude, Magic honestly, Mike. man, honestly, Magic Mike one and two are fucking great. Are they really? Yeah, dude. Like, I really did not think I would like them, but I went on this mad spree when Channing Tatum got announced to play Gambit. Yeah. And I was like, because I fucking love Gambit. He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, like, he's good. All right, let's see what this fuck is all about. Because all yeah. I've seen is G.I. Joe, and that didn't really thrill me. Yeah. And I've like watched Magic Mike 1 and 2, and I'm just like, things are really fucking funny and really good. Like, nice, nice. Yeah, dude, like, number two especially has some fucking piss your pants funny moments in there. I like that. That's cool. That's cool. But, um, I'll, have to take, I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah, you'll, you'll take the plunge at some point. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, dude, like a lot of the a lot of the wrestlers, um, yeah, they've enjoyed a lot of Hollywood success. Mm. Um, some probably that um, that I talk about, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> like the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I think we may have talked about it at one point. I can't remember, but there was a movie, uh, uh, and now I've put my foot in it. I, to this day, I struggle to remember the movie he was in. There, there was a movie where he played the bad guy, and I think it was again against Mark Dacascos. I don't know why I want to say that, but I do. Oh yeah, and it, yeah. he was a sword master or something. I think it was called the Sword Master. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. It was. It was just after, like, it was around the time after he'd won the the title, mm. uh, the heavyweight title, and um, yeah, he just took a dip in it. Hollywood, um, yeah, yeah, dude. I'm, yeah, but like that was it, it wasn't a very memorable role for him, I don't think. No, um, yeah, and <laughs> uh, I'm trying, but to answer your question about finishing move, um, oh, that's a tough one, dude, because, um, there's some good ones. I mean, look, I mean, Goldberg. You know, for me, has one of the, one of the most exciting finishing moves. I mean, Hulk Hogan with the leg drop is always a, is a classic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I'm, kind I'm, of I'm it's a the big, OG. I'm a big fan of the people's elbow. 
the people's elbow is great. Um, yeah, and dude. I think the thing the thing with the people's elbow is that it's not a spectacular move, but the lead up to it is fucking amazing. Like the just the whole like almost said ritual, but it's like the whole performance where it's like you know you stop, you got to rip the elbow pad off, you know raise the eyebrow, give the fucking wild look, run and bounce off every fucking rope in the ring and then just elbow the dude in the face. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of great. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Yeah, dude, I'm I'm really trying to think here. Um, I I definitely think uh, uh, it's not so much a finishing move, but Rey Mysterio 619 is pretty fucking incredible. That's pretty rad. That's pretty rad. Yeah. but yeah, look, there, there's a lot of good ones. I think um, one of the most uh, controversial yet cool moves was Undertaker's Hell's Gate finisher. Yeah, uh, I thought that was that was brilliant. The Tombstone Pile Driver, obviously, fucking legendary. Um, yeah, so yeah, for me, I think those are some of my favorite finishing moves. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. But there's yeah. there's so many, but. Man, fuck! It's like we said earlier before the commercial break. There were so many fucking, like, just memorable wrestlers. And one of my favorites uh, in terms of entertainment was always Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah, he was great, man. Just the the guy, you know, in terms of just wacky wackiness, man, was just incredible. Like between him and the Bushwhackers. Yeah. Um. You know, they just had the just the cheese going on that people, just, <laughs> the crowd, you know, all the mutants <clears throat> in the crowd just went with it. Yeah, uh, it was great. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. That's the thing, man. Like there were so many, so many great, like memorable personalities, and I mean, you mm. know, the the whole divas era as well. Like, well, yeah, this is an area. This is an area we haven't brought up yet, and I think it's it's about time. Yeah, the Divas yeah, era. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you want to start, Jake? I well, I I I remember like I vividly, vividly remember at the height of the WWE in the nineties. Yeah, that there was a magazine that was published called Divas, and it was essentially a monthly swimsuit edition that was just like. It's pictures of all the ladies from the WWE in bikinis, basically. And it was essentially Sports Illustrated every month, but with, like, the wrestling chicks in there. And it was like, I'm I'm going on record saying I never brought it because I was at the age where it's like, if I wanted to look at naked chicks in magazines, I could go and buy Playboy or Penthouse Mm, and was quite happy to do so. It was like, hey. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, it was like, hey, I don't give a fuck. I'm a perf. I like looking at naked chicks. Sue me. Um, but yeah, I remember that magazine being insanely popular and people like reserving it at the news agent because they were almost as big as stars as the dudes, like possibly even bigger in some cases. Like, because, I mean, I think who was the first one, really, was, like, Sable was, like, the first big WWE chick with, like, Mark Mark Miro or whatever his name was? She was the first. I, I think she was probably one of the first of that era. Yeah. But before her, when it was WWF, it was Miss Elizabeth. Mm. 
And oh, with Macho Man Savage. Oh, dude, yeah. well, I can't believe we haven't even mentioned Randy pod. Savage. Yeah, I was, about, I was just thinking that piece in the pod. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that guy was fucking great. <laughs> and some of his, man, like we haven't even talked about some of the promo moments. Oh, uh, yeah. And Macho Man, there's some good footage of him. Uh, some people have, like, you know, advertised the videos as um, – wild macho man moments where he's just talking in another friggin' language almost it's just it's kind of like kind Rob of, Zombie. i kind of feel like he was like the 80s version of the rock because it was like yeah y- you know you couldn't wait for the rock to get on there and talk shit in the 90s but like in the 80s like as soon as macho man talk showed up and started talking it was just like what the fuck it's like he's like i don't know what like he's just off. It's like Gary Busey crossed with Iggy Pop or something like that. Yeah. It, it's, like, yeah. What he, fucking planet is this dude on? And it must be awesome. Yeah. Um, some of it, I, I don't know. Some of his um, speeches were just, yeah. Up there with ultimate warriors speeches, dude. Mm. Like, um, yeah, it was, uh, fuck. It was just insane. Like some of the shit he'd come out with was just, Oh man, just yeah, nuts. Like, here's a good one. Forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man Randy. Nothing exactly. means nothing. Nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rises to the top. Oh yeah, Macho Madness. Yeah, has got more. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The cream <laughs> will rise to the top. I mean, that, that's just mint, right? Uh, dude, yeah. I mean, uh, if there's not cocaine involved, well, there I reckon fucking there should have been. There should have been. Uh, I dare say that was, uh, you know, there was a lot of cocaine involved. And I hate to say that about, uh, you know, our our heroes. But, yeah, I, I yeah. I think um, you don't get that crazy naturally. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, just don't. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, just friggin' crazy. I mean, <laughs> and the ultimate warrior. Check this one out. Here's a good one. Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and Colonel Mustafa. Ever since WrestleMania, when I won the first battle with all my little holsters, I knew it was just the beginning of the war. And then when you burnt my flesh, the smell was just like napalm in my mind. I heard you laugh. I heard you get off on it, brother. And ever since then, I've had nightmares that I was going to have to fight the troops of yours all by myself. And then that smile, Jack Tunney, put this thing together with the warrior as our blood brother and the warriors and the Hulkamaniacs united as one. Now I realize I had a chance to win the war. And then all of a sudden, the special referee, Sid Justice, just put the icing on the cake. It's even Steven, 50-50, but with all the warriors <laughs> and Hulkamaniacs. Yeah, no, no, definitely no cocaine involved. <laughs> no, none. Like Sid Justice. Granted, it's going to be called down the middle 50 50. But in no way, shape, or form are we at a handicap. The power of the ultimate warrior. And the forces of Hulkamania. And I have seen it. 
straight strides before <laughs> come together at SummerSlam. The tanks that we ride in are made of the armor of Hulkamaniacs and warriors of great strengths after we destroy you with an improper <laughs> burial. I mean, that is... And they're, they're, you know, they're not even following a script, man. This is all off the cuff. Yeah, yeah that's a great part. Like, that is just fantastic, dude. Fucking fantastic. Oh, I love that shit. Um, wow, yeah. So, <laughs> where were we, Jake? Uh, Davis? Yeah, um, let's get to Davis, so, yeah. Yeah, Miss Elizabeth, that's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it all comes back in the end. Yeah, her, her big uh, controversial moment was... Uh, t- taking she, she wore a ball gown to the ring at uh, WrestleMania or something, and she took the the dress off and revealed, you know, like her underwear. Yeah, I don't know, which I was vaguely recall that. Yeah, so that was a big moment. But then, yeah, fast forward to Sable with Mark Miro. You know, she was she was all the rage. Um, yeah, well, there was there was her. Then there was um, oh Jesus, um, there was China with DX. Like she was um. With Degeneration X, like yeah, the eighth she wonder was, of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just that what man, I just she was not my type. I had a friend who was like very, very into her, but I was just like, dude, the jaw, like she looks like she could like you know, she's got like fucking Robert Zard Zadar's I mean, jaw there, or something. No, no like drugs that. involved. No drugs no, involved. No, no, no. I mean that, that, that's all. all natural. That's eating a Eating of veggies and pumping iron and yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it was more like eating iron and pumping veggies, but you know, uh, yeah, um, I'd say so, <laughs> like, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like, dude, chick, yeah, like, that jaw. Know, I don't want to make fun of someone's appearance, but that chick had like a trap jaw jaw going on. It's like her, if she like chin buttered you, she would snap you in half. I reckon her jaw was on par with probably outdoing Richard Keel's jaw from Jaws. It's pretty up there, man. Like, I mean. She looked like she could take a punch. Like she oh, looked yeah. like Yeah, it's seen in T two where the, the, the dude punches Arnie and he just kinda looks back at him. It's yeah, like, that was gold. It's kind of that vibe. Yeah. Except she'd eat the guy's hand after he threw the second punch and Well, she, yeah, yeah. Probably the rest of his face as well. But, yeah. Um, I reckon. Wow. But um Who else yeah, we got? She, she died, sadly, I think. Yeah, she it was, was pretty back, sad. Yeah. But you know, like uh yeah, there was obviously Lita. Oh, yeah, Lita. I, I mean, she was just at that right kind of hot topic, emo, punk, new metal kind of look wave. And I, 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 I sort of dropped off watching it then because that was like when the Hardy Boys and all that sort of stuff started coming in. And mm-hmm. some of the guys that I'd sort of enjoyed watching were phasing out. Like, I don't think The Rock was showing up as regularly. Shawn Michaels was rarely there and stuff like that. And it was sort of a, a changing of the guard kind of time, I think. Yeah. But uh, I remember like walking past the TV and just being like, who the fuck is that yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i think it was the same with like yeah she she was um not only like a visual splendor but she was a visual splendor in the ring like she could jump yeah she she could really had the moves too yeah yeah she could she could uh throw throw down with the best of them well i think that was also the kind of like the era where like you had a lot more of the ladies getting in on the action. They weren't just like arm candy for the dudes, like Miss Elizabeth no. was and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they, yeah, they they definitely upped their game and 
Uh, yeah, and, and even like, a, you know, Trish Stratus. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. she yeah, was yeah. she was mint, dude. Like, she started off as just, uh, you know, entering the ring with, uh, I can't remember who it was, one of those tag teams. And then, yeah, and then she started jumping in the ring and mixing it up and showing that she could kick some ass as well. And, well, didn't even um, Stephanie McMahon also started getting in on it a bit? Because I remember there was mate, this whole thing where she was paired up with Triple H for the a while. The brother and the sister. Man, those two proved, between her and Shane O'Mac, they proved they could cut it in the ring as good as, you know, the elite. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, especially Shane O'Mac. But Stephanie, man, Stephanie held her own. She did well. She pulled off the bad, you know, the badass um daddy girl yeah wrestler really I well was, i was literally about to say man i gotta give props to both her and shane because it's like you know and, and actually any of the wwe mm. and wwf guys that like played you know did the heel thing because like to get on tv and play such a douchebag of a character that everyone fucking hates yeah, week after week is kind of a testament to like you know acting ability as well as oh, absolutely. Know, physical ability because absolutely like, yeah that could have been easy because man I remember like thinking Shane McMahon was just such a detestable little shit every time I watched him but, on man. on on the screen man and even Vince at times is just like oh god you're a fuckhead fuck off but, but man like, once they got know, in it fuck yeah. It's just, it's all performance and yeah, you got to give it to them, man. Like, you know, they, they were committed to like bringing entertainment every week, no matter what. And I mean, you know, you could, you can, you can hang shit on wrestling all you want for like that. It, it paints very broad strokes and yeah. very cartoony characters and that, but that's what it is. Mm. That, that's what it is, man. It's all a big fucking sports cartoon, basically. Yeah. I mean, Shane O'Mac especially, like, you got to give props to him. I mean, yeah, I know you mentioned uh, Mick Foley earlier, mm. you know, with Mankind. I mean, one can never forget that that match against Undertaker, the steel cage match where he, oh, dude, you know, yeah. slammed oh. through the table, you know, <laughs> from such a death-defying height. Yeah. It's like, how did he survive that? And And he was fucked after that. Yeah, but Shane O'Mac definitely, you know, has has the son of the fucking the leader of the pack, fucking mm. held his own in the ring, doing moves like that just defied gravity. Yeah, uh, for me there was the move uh, the coast to coast where he jumped from one side of the ring to the other, um, placing a garbage can on fucking uh, I think it was Shawn Michaels' body, and then just yeah. proceeded to climb the ring ropes and leap from one end of the ring to the other and drop, you know, perfectly timed drop kick straight into his fucking body. Yeah, man. That's the thing with stuff like that. You, you've got to wonder like, and I mean, I guess it's sort of like, you know, the magician thing where it's like, do you really want to know how they do the trick? But it's like, no, you've got to wonder how much practice and choreography goes into some of uh, that stuff because it's like, you're watching it. It's like, you know what? One slip up and these dudes are fucked and i mean we've seen it happen with there's you know, been Owen some Hart, fucking, yeah, Droz, yeah. You know. there's um, been some heavy fucking injuries in the ring like mm. triple h like yeah they 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 don't um 
hold back information like that. That's, you know, they, they want you to know that this shit is real. And, mm. and, and because, because, you know, during the eighties and nineties, of course, every kid's going to go out and in the, the backyard and start fucking beating on their mates and doing oh, stupid yeah. shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen and accidents are going to happen. So I guess in some, you know, uh, feet of nobility, fucking WWE fucking start saying, don't try this at home. You know, mm. I thought that was good marketing on their part, you know, cause oh, yeah, yeah. it is dangerous, but man, the girls, man, they really kick some ass dude. Like they, yeah. well, that was the thing. And I mean, I feel like, you know, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. Look, they're, they're, they're there to like, you know, sell sex and stuff like that. Cause it was the nineties and yeah. the 80s and that's what they did. But I do feel like you've got to give a little bit of progressive props to the WWE for really introducing like chicks that could kick ass as absolutely a part of their show. Like the girls got, they weren't just arm candy anymore. They weren't just there for dudes to drool over and, you know, to be a prop to the dude wrestler that's like, yeah, I'm banging this hot chick that comes to the ring with me. Aren't I awesome? You know, they were there to like get in on the action and kick a bit of ass as well. Yeah, I agree, man. It was, uh, you know, now it's, you know, more fluent with the, the women's wrestling titles and stuff. It's, oh yeah. There's so much of it now. It's, it's, you know, it's really cool. Um, and yeah, like, a lot of the a lot of the talent in the ring is just incredible. Like, you know, they they look fabulous, but they also perform amazing. Like, I mean, Paige is probably one of the most famous slash infamous of the the crap uh, of the crew. Because yeah, I, I I have lost track of it over the, same, the last same. few years. Like, I mean, yeah. I know, I think the last time I was watching it was like when um like Brock Lesnar was starting to like get really high and Batista yeah. was in there as well. And yeah. I mean, he's another one that's had an amazing career turn. Oh, absolutely. Um, but now she's the one that had the movie done about her fighting with my family. Was that her? Was that Paige? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie yet, but yeah. I've oh, it's it. great. Good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it's um, very well made. Uh, yeah. For a WWE movie, mm. um, it, it definitely kicked the goal. Um, yeah, they, they, I think they portrayed her in, in the right light and, um, yeah, just, I don't know. It's just one of those really good feel good, you know, coming from nowhere into the spotlight stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely a feel good movie. Much like, uh, another feel good movie. About a chick that kicks ass. The kicks major ass. Oh, 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 are we, are we? Diverging into um, a certain other naughty territory. I think so, man. Do, are you feeling that vibe? I, I'm, I'm feeling that vibe. <clears throat> I mean, I, um, if you, if you boys and girls out there enjoy our two guys talking shit about, you know, about the wrestling and want to hear us continue to do so, um, anything specific, like drop us a line. We're more than happy to fulfill your needs and um. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, look, do it. You you got a fifty fifty shot of one of us knowing about pretty much any obscure topic or thing that you might want us to talk about. So, 
And chances are, if one of us doesn't know what the thing is, then mm. we know enough about it to bullshit along and throw an opinion or two in. Absolutely. And we excel in bullshit. We, I believe we've both got um, doctorates in bullshit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I'm a genuine bullshitologist. Yeah, I got I got at least two PhDs in the field. So, um, yeah, I'm. we're definitely well um, qualified for it. So Yeah, I mean, hey, you give me dominoes and clearly there'll be more. <laughs> <laughs> Extra ham, kids. Extra yeah. ham. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Leave yeah. that pineapple out overnight in the hot sun. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely, I definitely feel like um, we haven't finished our discussion of wrestling by any means. I, th- I feel like I, there's, there's yeah. more. There is more. Yeah, dude. I think it's one of those topics that, like, you could go on about the cultural impact of it for fucking ever. And well. The yeah. amount of characters and personalities that we saw, like over yeah. the years, like. Well, how about next episode? We we touch on a bit of, say, the merchandising. Yes, yes, we totally should. Yeah, and because uh... those SmackDown fucking PlayStation games, man, holy shit, they sold like hotcakes for a well, while. Well, that's the thing, you know, like uh, we haven't really dived too much into the video game aspect of things, but I feel like. Um, that would be a good place to start for sure. Mm, so yeah, yeah, I think yeah, definitely. But um, dude, the the movie the movie of our rad week to talk about. Uh, do you want to? Is it your turn to announce it or me? Um, I I, I don't know, but um, I I look. I'm not going to eat out my heart over it. Let's put it that way. Oh well, sad. anymore, anymore. Oh wow! Yes, the the vinyl song ain't gonna eat out my heart anymore. That is just such a gem from a great Aussie band, dude. Right? Well, I do, right? Right, and and it just fits perfectly with the movie. Um, the movie we're talking about. Shall we announce it together in three, two, two one? one. Buffy, Buffy the, the Vampire, Vampire Slayer. Slayer. Yes, it, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, nineteen ninety two. OG uh, Buffy. OG, not the TV series. We're talking the movie uh, about a cheerleader and popular girl in high school learning and discovering that she is the latest in a long line of vampire hunters who now has to eradicate a nest of vampires in Los Angeles. Do you like the way I just segued from normal speaking voice into shitty American announcer voice? That was pretty good, man. That Thanks, was, dude. That was, I appreciate that was, it. That was... That was um... That was up there with the movie, like, trailer guy. Yeah, not bad, huh? Thank you, oh, thank you. Oh, I'll keep I'm, working I'm digging on it. it. I'm digging dude. it. Thanks, dude. I think so, that should be a fixture. <laughs> Yay! So, yeah, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer starred, jeez, man, who didn't it start? It was oh. like, man, this is an all-star cast. Especially, like, for the, I mean, look, you know, we had Rucker Howe, we had Donald Sutherland, we had Luke Perry, we had David Arquette. Hillary Swanson. Hillary Swank, Ben Affleck. Um, oh man! Like Paul Rubens. Yeah, like everyone popped up in this thing, dude. Even Ricky Lake's in it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What Jesus the fuck? 30, yeah. <laughs> and and Thomas Jane's in it. The fucking the Punisher. That's right, he is as well. Fuck yeah! Like, there's so many people on that basketball team. Like, Steph Green. Like yeah, dude. It's like what the fuck, man. This is all sarcasm all over it, man. And it was made for a budget of seven million bucks. Go figure. Yeah, which was um probably fairly mid budget at the time. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I do know this movie tanked bad. Like, it... Well, it did, did about not... $16 million at the box office. Yeah, which, you know, the, the in Hollywood accounting is terrible. In normal people accounting, it's like, hang on, you spent $7 million and you got 16 back. That's pretty yeah. good. And the movie was written by Joss Whedon, of course. Um, Who has nothing nice to say about it. From all No. <laughs> well, it sounds like he has nothing nice to say about anyone. Well, honest. yeah, this is my Joss Whedon issue. It's like, you know, if it was successful, it was all him. If it was terrible, it was not his fault. Yeah. And if it didn't do well, it's because they didn't listen to his ideas. It's like, dude, really, would X-Men have been a far better movie if they had included your Danger Room sequence in the first one? I don't think so. I think it did pretty okay. Yeah. Like. Yeah, look, I, I got Joss Whedon issues. I think he's a talented guy. I really enjoy some of his work. Personally, I think he's a fucking raging dick. But mm. hey. um, but yeah, like, look, what, I really what's like your this take? movie. Yeah, okay, I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think it's a great movie. I think it's fun. Um, yeah, what do you want to? I go I love I love this movie, man. I first saw this um on VHS and because it didn't I don't know whether it came to the cinemas in Australia for like a very very small amount of time or whether it just bypassed the cinemas completely because it didn't do well in the states Mm -hmm. but I remember really wanting to see this and having a poster of it that came out of a magazine I want to say it was like fuck man I don't know TV hits or some shit like that but they had a Buffy poster in there Right, and I had I had the poster long before I had the movie, and I had the soundtrack long before I had the movie. Um, wow! Like, because I, I saw the soundtrack, and I was like, "Oh, this is that movie I want to see. Oh, I'll pick this up because it's pretty cheap on cassette." Yeah, and um, yeah, I was sort of waiting for the movie to come out because that poster was fucking cool with like you know Buffy there with the stake and Luke Perry kind of peeking out from behind her like Shaggy standing out yeah, behind Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, it was very Shaggy, right? <laughs> it was very cool. Um. So I had that on my wall as, as a teenager and I was like, yeah, this looks fucking rad. Where is it? Where is it? When am I going to get to see it? And eventually I saw it on video and did I fucking loved it. I loved every minute of it. I taped it off TV one night um, wow. when it, when it hit channel 10 or something and just would watch it constantly. Cause it's such a fun movie and it's got a really, it's got a really up ending, like like we said before. There, like it's, a, it's got a really feel good ending to it. Yeah, it's um, it, it it's got a lot of feel good moments in it. Uh, I think it flows pretty cool. I love the build up of it. Like I, I just love the how that sets the tone with you know starting with the flashback in the eighteenth yeah. uh, century. I think it was the seventeenth century. Um, yeah, you know, with Buffy, you know, taking on um, Rutgers. Um, evil character. What was his? Mm. Oh, fuck, I can't remember his name. Again, oh, dude. was it Lo- Lothos or something? Like Lothos, that? Was that yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> dude. I mean, just the <clears throat> how playing a vampire is pretty fucking cool in its own yeah. right. Yeah, but um, just the way the movie evolves, you know, and uh, takes us to modern day with Buffy being the cheerleader. You know, it just really shows just that all American LA chick. You know, the cheerleader. You know, good looking, young, pretty cheerleader chick with a group of friends going on fucking shopping. You know, it was just like, ah. Uh. Well, and it had lit. I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of 
over the Joss Whedon dialogue because he writes it for everyone. It's like, look, when you've got the when you've got the Joss Whedon dialogue in Buffy or say Firefly or something, it works so well. Yeah, when you've yeah, got right. it in the Avengers and the Justice League, like when Batman's crack and wise and talking like a, a, a Whedon character, it doesn't work too well. I I think he's a great writer when he's doing his thing, but I don't think he can particularly write characters that he has not created very well. Um, but where I'm going with this is that this was the first time we ever sort of heard that Whedon dialogue and it was so fucking good and fresh and funny. Yeah. Like back then, like, you know, when, when Buffy's like, you know, the dude bumps into her and she's like, excuse much, rude or anything. Yeah, there was some, what the fuck? Like, yeah, there was cool. some there was some good moments there, eh? Like, yeah, that was, man. yeah, that was good. Uh, and I, I loved, yeah, I loved the coolness of Luke Perry's character. Oh, I, dude, who that who was didn't great. want to be Luke Perry's character in this movie? Like, he was fucking cool as shit. Yeah, he like, was I great. Mean, I will never forget how just completely unflappable the dude is when, like. David Arquette's bitten by a vampire and shows up outside his window. And he's just sitting there looking at him with that deadpan Luke Perry look on his face. And he's just like, go on, Ben. Yeah, yeah. He's like, come on, let me in. I'm hungry. He's like, you're floating. Yeah. I think think that was a goofy moment, actually. I think there was a bit of a, uh, if I remember correctly, it was a bit of a fuck up in that scene because... Uh, when David Arquette's character is floating in the window, his reflection is. Yeah, I I think you're Which right. We all actually. know is a big no no for vampires. So, yeah, um, you're not supposed to see their reflections. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There well you go. spotted. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was, that was one of many feel good moments. And um, yeah, I mean, just the caliber of talent really brought, you know, brought balance to the whole thing. I love. I love Donald Sutherland's um, relationship with Buffy, with Kirsty Swanson's character over the course of the film. I thought that was really mm. good. Like he played that mental role really well. Oh um, yeah, he was great, man. He he was so great. Like yeah, he he just really nailed it, and just just the the kind of bemusement that he has with Buffy through the whole movie, where he's just like this chick's something else like what the fuck mm. <laughs> um, yeah you know, i mean some of the very yeah, good yeah some of those training scenes were yeah a little bit comedic in in parts i mean yeah you know, not as um believable as you, you'd kind of hope for but uh look i mean shit you, at the end of the day it's a feel-good movie it's fun it's meant to be fun so you, you know you take what you get with it um but you know there, there was all those bits with her you know leaping in the air doing cartwheels and stuff and then landing on her knees and throwing a stake through the fucking, um, yeah. the mannequins and stuff. <laughs> that was cool, man. I, I liked all that shit. I thought it was just a really good setting the tone for the character that Buffy would evolve into, you know? Uh, yeah. I, was cool. I, I was always a little disappointed that they didn't, that Joss had to swing his dick around and kind of reboot everything for the TV series. Yeah. Because I kind of felt like, okay, look, fine, it's TV. You're probably going to have to recast. You're probably – and it's also like, you know, 
nearly eight years later, Luke Perry probably doesn't look like a high scorer anymore. But I always sort of felt like, you know, why couldn't you just follow on from the film? Like, there was nothing wrong with the film. Like, and the film, the events of the film are, like, vaguely referenced in the TV series. It's like, oh, Buffy had to move to Sunnydale because she burnt down her old school's gym or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I always sort of thought, like, dude, what are, what's the hair across your ass with the movie? Like, I know mm. it's like, I know his big thing is, oh, they changed my script. It's like, well... Dude, you were a relatively unknown writer at the time. Of course they're going to rewrite your script. Like, that's Hollywood 101. It's like, yes, they're going to buy your script and they're probably going to have someone come in and do a redraft on it. That's just what they fucking do. Like, well, yeah, you still got you still got a film made and it was still a really fun, good film. Like, yeah, it's um. look, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think it was, you know, the, there, there is that controversy about Joss Whedon's script being heavily rewritten to, to make it lighter for the, the screen. But, um, y- yeah, I mean... I don't, I don't th- know. That's the thing, man. Like, he says that. Like, he sees, he talks about it like it was the fucking Dark Knight Returns. Mm. And you watch Buffy the movie, and then you watch Buffy the TV series, and the tone isn't that different. Like, there's not a lot of difference between, like, it's not like, it's not like you've just watched fucking the Batman and then they've followed it up with Batman 66. Yeah. Where you're like, whoa, this is what I remember. Like, they're, they're very similar in tone and style. Like, you know, so I, I don't really, okay, yeah, sure, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's pretty common knowledge about you know how difficult Joss Whedon is to work with, and I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to by any means subscribe to turning this into a Joss Whedon slagging uh, episode or anything like that. You know, like, no, we're it, saving that for an anniversary edition. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> like, well said. But you know, like when you when you read about things like that, he. And Donald Sutherland didn't get along on set, you know, um, just, you know, both of them just, you know, acting like fucking children or, you know, calling each other names and shit like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, you, you got to wonder it, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> the movie got made mm. and it's, it's not a bag of shit. Okay. It didn't perform great at the box office, but it, it changed. It was revolutionary. It, it changed the game of the vampire films a bit, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And I mean, the thing is, it's like, I don't subscribe to this whole theory of like, oh, it didn't do well at the box office. It's like, well, fuck you. Neither did Blade Runner and neither did The Thing. And they're no. both fucking classics. So eh, grab, I, a spoon and, grab a spoon and eat my ass if that's exactly. the theory. It's like, it didn't it didn't do well at the box office. It's like, well, so what? Um, but I mean, you're exactly right, dude. It's like, this did... I feel like not not that I would ever compare Buffy and the Lost Boys because the Lost Boys is just a fucking it's in a league of its own yeah every level, but I feel like Buffy, like the movie, yeah, did revitalize and give a bit of a youth injection to the vampire genre Absolutely. as it was. Yeah, and I mean, look, without. Without OG Buffy, you don't have the TV series. Without nope. that, you don't have your Twilight. You don't nope. have your Vampire Diaries. Nope. 
you know, your anything that's like a teen vampire show. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like this basically, you know, recreated that genre. It's like, yes, you could say Lost Boys and stuff like Fright Night and that, you know, were kind of like the OGs for that particular subgenre. But Buffy kind of really like you know, brought it screening into the nineties, man. Well, it gave us a it gave us a you know, I mean, there were other female uh action stars prior to Buffy, but you know, like Rip like Sigourney Weaver's Ripley and um Yeah Sarah Connor. Um, Sarah Connor, you know, of course. But and uh you know even Bridget Nielsen's Red Sonya. Mm. <laughs> but like Buffy gave us the 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 all American high school sweetheart that kicks some ass. And that was cool. And and to me, I look at Buffy as uh, a movie that joins the ranks of great, um, you know, kind of those teen films like Teen Wolf. Um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, The Lost Boys to a degree. Mm. Monster Squad. Yeah. Mm, kind of like it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to play on the just that light horror thing. But it gave well, us the thing is, a Buffy... new hero. Yeah, well, the thing is, Buffy is, and here's, here's an incredibly hot take, Buffy is your female horror Spider-Man. Exactly, like she really is. yes. Because, yes. like, she's she's the all-American teen, yep. you know, she's, okay, she's not a nerd, but she is kind of an outcast. Like, yep. after she gets her powers, she's kind of an outcast. Yeah. You know, she leads this double life. She's a fucking inveterate smartass. Like, mm. you know, she, she's very much in that, you know, teen spidey, you know, wisecracking, ass kicking kind of character. Yeah, she is. Totally. Dill Marti wanted an, uh, some more ad time for uh, Kamal to make an appearance. <clears throat> Talk about Dill Marti. But uh... why are people so unkind? Why? 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 <laughs> why was my phone unkind? Um, yeah, I, we just had a minor technical difficulty, but we're back. <laughs> we are back. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Buffy. Yes, Buffy. 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 Buffy, Buffy Spider Man. Buffy Spider Man, dude. I mean, not only could she, you know, she's a, a cheerleader and a gymnast, very agile and everything else, but she also can catch a fucking knife. Well, yeah. <laughs> Has has beautifully portrayed in that scene where Donald Sutherland at my head. Yeah. <laughs> and what was that one? And I didn't even break a nail. <laughs> I, I think my absolute favorite was when Luke Perry stakes that vampire in the playground. He's like, No, I'm a god. And then Luke Perry just stakes him. He's like, And now you're a coat rack. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I gotta give props to Luke Perry. Um yeah, it's such dude. a shame. Like he was he was great in this. Like he was just like you know, he he and this was one of those ones where it's like he got to stretch his comedic side as well, which you never really saw in nine oh two one oh and that because he was all very broody and you know whatnot in, in nine oh two one oh but it's like he was really fucking funny in this. He was great, dude. Like he just I don't know, like he just really let loose and just showed another side of his um, acting Arsenal, and it was fucking great, dude. Like, uh, and and again, you know, his his um, relationship with David Arquette, uh, on screen buddies, was great. You know, like I oh, they they were fantastic cool. together, man. Like, yeah, they they were absolutely gold. Like the pair of them. Yeah, and I mean, Paul, Paul Rubens as um, 
uh, what was his character's name? Amelin or something like yeah, that, I believe I, it was. I mean, that hair but was out of control, dude. That hair was fucking insane. And almost as good as his death scene. Which, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. yeah, that was good. I, I mean, even like, you know, it's still going in the post credits sequence. It's <laughs> fucking great. Yeah, I mean, that was like, I, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, the, the whole thing about, oh, the movie sucks, where it didn't really suck, man. It changed the game. Like, like, it really changed the game. It gave us a new generation of vampire films that you've already mentioned. I mean, that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, for any, anyone that says this sucks, it's like, okay, point out where and why. Like, where does it yeah. suck? Yeah, you can't exactly. fault the script. The script is a load of fun. You, like, if you're taking this movie seriously, like you're you're a goose. Yeah, you can't fault the cast because the cast are all great and like are just having a blast. Like an ensemble um, of accomplished actors. Yeah, uh, the effects are all pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, you know they're not they're not mind blowing, but they're not terrible. They're not Zed grade. The soundtrack is killer. Oh, the soundtrack um, is fucking wonderful. You know, the the tone of the movie is fun and upbeat. It leaves you on a really up note, which, and I, you know, I, I love bleak, ambiguous endings like The Mist and Seven, but there, sometimes, man, it's, there is nothing better than, like, walking out of a movie that's got a really up, you know, ending, and you, you walk out in the night, you're feeling good, it's fun, like, you know... It leaves you on a high, which is fucking great. Like, what more could you want from a fun teenage vampire movie? Yeah, I agree, man. And it's it like you covered all the bases there, man. Like, it's it's fun. You feel good. Um, I mean, we've already talked about you know that that whole teen romp comedy style of format that integrates with horror. But um, I thought the vampires weren't a complete pile of shit. I thought they were okay. Like, um, yeah, you know, some of the makeup on the vampires is a little bit laughable in, yeah, in yeah. parts. Um, well, they, they, they don't seem yeah. to have any like sort of hard and fast rules on how the vampires should look. Cause they've like, some of them have got those weird little kind of elf bat ear things. Yeah. Some of them don't, but I mean, I never at any point felt like the vampires were, played stupidly like there was some comedic moments with them there was some silly moments yeah but i don't ever feel like they downplayed the actual no. threat it's like no if these guys get you they will bite you and kill you and turn you into one of them yeah so you know there's that i, I think they like, were intended to be portrayed like that um if, if, yeah even right down to the makeup it's i know i know it was a little bit laughable but i think it was intended for to match the lightness of the film yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that first, and I mean, I, yeah, that first, I, I, oh, sorry. No, yeah. no, I was just going to say, I kind of feel like, you know, there's a bit of intentional sort of throwback stuff in this movie to shit. Like, I was a teenage werewolf, I was a teenage vampire, my yeah. best friend is a vampire, full moon yeah. high, stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's that Great. kind of throwback to those kind of. I, I don't think anyone doing this had any intention of making anything other than a really good quality B movie. I agree. I or, or homage to a B movie, basically. And I, I think that's a really good point you've raised. I mean, there are, like there are so many good teen 
horror films back from you know the 80, early 80s and beyond like mm. the 70s and all that uh and the 60s you know like i was a teenage zombie or you know yeah. um fucking satan's daughters uh yeah i mean the list is long right yeah but, and i feel like this movie is kind of like a, a tribute to aspects of that era of you know that time period of all those movies um but just with a, a, a twist of something more you know offering mm. something more for the future uh it was i don't know if joss whedon's vision was to write something that would change the game completely but inevitably that's what he did with this film yeah, yeah. um because didn't he write this in originally has a comic book is that is, am i correct in saying that i think he was attempting to get it done as that um i do know that he's gone on record saying that he's not a fan of horror which is right. such a strange thing to say when mm. it's like dude you're you know the the thing that launched your career is very much rooted in horror yeah um so it's like okay that's weird and Explain some of the choices with the Buffy TV show. Cough, cough, robot parent. <clears throat> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, worst episode yeah. ever. Um, Look, but, um, mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, anyway, moving right along. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the movie, The movie. Uh, I thought, you know, as, as a teen horror film, I thought it was, it was great. It was, it was a stellar effort. As you said, crazy good soundtrack. I mean, the fucking cults on it, for God's sake. Uh, the dude, and it's the like divinals. Of, like my favorite cult song ever, which yeah. is a B-side, I think, that was never really on any of the albums except for um, the pure cult box set, if I recall. Wow. But yeah, fucking Zap City, just banger. Um, I mean, yeah, but that's that's it, dude. Like, the, like you said, the divinals, you know, we got Ozzy on there. Um, Even Kirsty Swanson's on there. Yeah, yeah. You've got Susanna Hoffs doing a fucking cover of an Oingo Boingo song. Wow. Um, but yeah, because I think it's We Close Our Eyes is the final song that plays over the credits, which is That's Susanna true. Hoffs doing cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. That's crazy, man. Like, I, and yeah, we, uh, we, we've definitely got to do a rad episode that has the bangles in there somewhere at some point. Oh, dude. Um, hot take hazy shade of winter is one of the uh, best songs ever written ever <laughs> yeah but um yeah dude that soundtrack just really works really well i mean divinals for me still the show with ain't gonna hate, eat my heart anymore i think that's just just such a perfect tone of song for the for the vibe of the movie just really sells musically helps sell the movie um oh yeah absolutely audience. And that was um, like a huge, huge hit for them too. Yeah, dude, I think so too. And I think the casting of Kirsty Swanson was brilliant. Like, uh, you know, she just really just plays that all American girl to a T that ends up kicking ass. I, I think fucking yeah, good move on their part uh, on the casting agent. Yeah, part. she she was man. She was real. She fit that role really, really well. Absolutely, and it, even her, you know, even her supporting friends like. You know, um, fuck. Now I've, I'm just having a big brain fight. Oh, who was, like who was Hillary it? Swank? Hillary Swank, Natasha Gregson Wagner was in. Yeah, there. like oh. they were they were great. I thought they weren't just like you know dumb shit background noise bimbo mates. They were actually legit 
you know, good. They, they, I don't know, they just vibed really well into the, the flow of the movie. They just worked well. Like, they, they, they were very believable. Like, you would believe that all those chicks were friends. Like yeah, that's, that, the, thing. that's like you... the point. That's the point I was going for. Like they, the way they interacted in the mall was fucking mm. gold. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they just worked really well together. I, I th- think that was one thing that I observed. Um, one of my observations from the film is that just that relate the relationship between the characters was really cool. Like um, the girls, but also you know, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Pike's character and David Arquette's character, even when David Arquette became a vampire, um, that was really well well done. <laughs> I love that bit at the prom. <laughs> it's one of my favorite bits of the prom. Is like you know where David Arquette's trying to bite Luke Perry and he's like trying to convince him to become a vampire. He's like, we could start a band. That was gold, man. That was absolute gold. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the prom the prom sequence is great as well, man. Like, uh, yeah, I, I just thought there there was some. I don't know. There were some really good moments in there. And um, just that, that battle between Buffy and, and Rutger Hauer's character was, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was that was just so great. And I mean, one of the one of the other things I really dig about this movie too, and it's, it's something that I really notice a lot in like horror comedies or even, you know, the odd rom-com from back in that era was like that, they would actually um, take you on a bit. Like th- there was a genuine sort of emotional journey through the movie. Like it wasn't all just um, stupid set piece after stupid set piece after like, you know, dickhead character runs into a door, falls down some stairs, farts, whatever. Mm. Like, you know, there's, there's actually kind of like, you know, peaks and valleys throughout Buffy. Like, you know, there's that whole part after that uh, Donald Sutherland is killed where, you know, there's some genuine emotion shit going on there. Like there's some, you know, the, the movie takes a bit of a, a melancholy dip for a bit before it comes back up for the feel good ending. And I think that's like really good to have in a horror comedy. Like it's especially like, you know, one that's sort of doing this kind of, this kind of story. I just, I don't know, man. I just, I dig that shit. Like, I think that's like some really good writing. Yeah, I think so too, man. You got to give credit to the writing of the film. Uh, the beats flowed really nicely. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. I agree 100. percent I think, fucking, yeah. Props to them. Um, I like. I really love in that in that final part of the movie with, um, you know, when Buffy's fighting, um, fucking, uh, Amelin. Is it Amelin? Yeah, when when he's fighting, um, when she's fighting him, and uh, Rutger Hauer's just there with the violin, you know, <laughs> like that was fucking gold, man. Oh, dude, oh, it's one one of my favorite fucking lines is you know Amelin's like Paul Rubens is just like you know we're immortal Buffy, we can do anything, yeah, and she's like oh yeah, clap, yeah, <laughs> it's like after he's had his fucking arm torn off. Yeah, that was sweet, dude. But like, there is there is some really fucking razor sharp comedy in this. That's just there really like, is like great quotable one liners. I agree. And uh, if I if I remember, like if I hear correctly, is it true that um, in the original script by Joss Whedon, the um, because that you mentioned in 
in the TV series how they talk about Buffy had to move cities because she burnt down her school gym. But in the movie, we don't see the school gym get burnt down. No. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I don't know whether that was rewritten from the original script. Because, I mean, I know he's said a bunch of shit about them rewriting the original script. I have heard from reading stuff with the producer that a lot of the script stuff was rewritten because they didn't have the budget to do certain things. Um, Like apparently some of the flashback sequences I heard were supposed to be a lot more expansive, but they just didn't have the the juice to do them. Um, So yeah, I don't know whether that's something that's like he wanted to do that or whether that's just him Because, I mean, look, the thing is, I guess you can't really sort of talk about this movie without, you know, touching on Joss Whedon's many interesting traits. But I feel like he's a very bitter writer. And I feel like if there's something that he doesn't like or whatever, he will write stuff into shit just to kind of shit on it. So I don't know whether that's like, you know him trying to distance himself from the original film because he didn't like it and he was so unhappy with it or whether that's something that was meant to be in the original film that they couldn't do. And he's just decided to go, Oh, well fuck it in my world. This is what happened. Yeah, I agree. man. I, I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, a lot of controversy behind, you know, in the background of this film, but I mean, at the end of the day, like we've said before, I mean, there's so much gold in this film. Like, I mean, the, the uh, I've got to go back to again that scene with in um, <laughs> the, the laughable um, energy of Buffy riding a motorcycle to the, the fucking motor yard. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Just yeah, you could tell it was a stunt double, but it was pretty yeah. cool. And then she just hops off and hop skips off to the into the yard and then um, to face those vampires and you know where she um, leaps onto Pike's character. Yeah. And they have that, you know, touching moment. Uh, just moments like that were pretty cool. And um, I, know, I, I just really got to, I got to say, I really enjoyed things like the fact that here's this girl kicking ass in vampire, you know, beating vampires whilst, you know, um, dressed like a cheerleader. I thought that was really cool. I, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it was the color scheme. I, I, I know it's, it's a crazy detail to mention, but I think the colors of like the costuming and stuff, I think really added depth to the film. Oh yeah, man. Like, I mean, having, having Buffy's like bright yellow and purple or blue or whatever, I think it was purple. Like, it was yeah, very it was. Deep it was purple. purple. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, like, that purple. was just such a, I mean, you know, it was, it was smoke on the water, man. It um, was. <laughs> no, but um, it was, it really stood out. Like it yeah. was a really bold choice and i felt like it really it's almost like a superhero costume i guess <laughs> that, that that's my point i feel like like it was just such a cool uh look for her and i wish there was you know i guess my only gripe was would been i would have been cool to see more of that in the film but that, that's okay but mm. um dude I, I think uh you know with rutger howard just um keeping it real and keeping a nostalgic and traditional, um, you know, vampire sort of attire that we know and love, you know, with the cape and the... Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, the cape and everything and the, the ruffled sleeves. And Even the, the hair the was great. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I really got to give kudos to that. I think that was well played. Even Donald Sutherland's character with the, you know, the hat and the, uh, the, the little bow tie thing going on. Um, I yeah. thought that was really cool. Um, I know it, it's a bit weird to bring up the costuming of this film, but I, I feel like it's Buffy's cheerleader. Um, the colors behind that just really, I don't know, for me, just it just gave that that vibe to the film that just helped really set it off for me. Um, and then, you know, obviously all the vampires just wearing, you know, looking very punk rock, very kind of uh, biker I, rock. I got I got to. I got to talk about one of my favorite pieces of costuming and I have wanted a jacket like that to this day was that leather jacket that Luke Perry was rocking when he showed up to the prom. Cause that was fucking gold. That was gold. That, that's <clears> the <throat> one that Buffy ended up wearing, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah that was like cool. the weird, like circular patterns on the shoulders and stuff. And, you know, costume geek and he's just like, as, as a kid, it was just like, that is such a fucking cool jacket. Where can I get one? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say the yellow leather jacket that Christy, uh, sorry, that um, fucking uh, Hillary's not wearing. Well, I just don't really think I've got the eyes to <laughs> rock. Like, look, I'm just fucking very, with you, dude. But It's a very bold man that can wear a mustard colored leather jacket. I, I am say, not that okay. man. No, I am not that mi- complete- Well, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I'm pretty sure fucking, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm guessing like maybe Iggy Pop or, you know, Bowie it's could pull that off. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that because there was a talk that David Bowie and Mick Jagger were supposed to be in the film cameo and his vampires at some point. But due to time and budget, heard that at some point, yeah, yeah, but it didn't happen. So, um, but geez, that would have been interesting. You know, you want you want to talk about crazy ass trivia? I literally read yesterday that apparently Michael Stipe from REM was originally going to play John Doe in Seven, but had to drop out. No, yeah, like how fucking weird would that have been? Talk about weird castings. That is yeah, right. Pretty wild. That's fucking out there, man. Mm. <clears throat> Damn, dude. Um. Yeah. So get getting back. Uh, we've definitely got to talk about seven at some point. That's a freaky Friday for oh, sure. Dude, it's one of my fucking all time faves. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But um, yeah. Getting back to Buffy, man. The 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 prom sequence at the end, man. It was very. Uh, I thought that was really well played. Um, oh, dude, there's so many great little moments in there, like that moment where the vampire pops up behind the DJ and scares the fuck out of him, and then just kind of gets distracted by the music and then just takes yeah, over that DJing. Was cool. That was, and good. he's like, he's spinning Judas Priest and shit like yeah. that. It's just, and it's fucking great. It's such a great little moment. And I mean, that's the great thing about that is just like the, you know, you gotta love the fact that. It's, you think, uh, oh, cool, vampires love metal. Awesome. Yay. I don't know. I, it's pretty cool. But, yeah, um, no, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing. It's fucking, it's just great. There's so many great little moments throughout this whole flick. Yeah, I, I got to say, too, also, the uh, the camera work in the film's great as well. Um, one of my favorite pieces of camera work is, in funny enough, in that prom sequence um, that I believe was played in the trailer. Um and it's the part where Buffy just, you know, the vampires break into the prom. They're smashing through windows, doors, everything. And Buffy just, you know, turns around and uh, protects Pike's character. 
It's and just yeah. the way the camera zooms in on her, and she's just got that look of, you know, uh, stay back. I'm gonna. There's a, there's you a know? lot of great little hero moments in yeah in some of the shot choices, like with like Buffy, you know, somersaulting out into like you know the crowd of vampires in the parking lot and stuff like that. That was good, man. It like was really you know, good. And, you know, just the, the little touch of like the mist, like creeping around the feet of the vampires, and everything like that. It's very, very, you know, it's a nice little classic universal hammer homage there. Yeah, but, I um, agree. Yeah, yeah I don't know. lots of nods. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I feel like there's a lot of really great chemistry between the cast as well, like between Kirsty Swanson and Donald Sutherland, Kirsty Swanson, Luke Perry, um, Paul Rubens, Rocket Howard, like. Everyone just seems, and I, I mean, that's one of the things where it's like, Joss can shit on this movie as much as he wants and say there are all these problems. But the fact that the movie is so fucking enjoyable is a testament to the cast, the director, like everything else. It's like, dude, you can, you can shit on it for not being what you want. And, you know, as a writer, you can kind of understand, it's like, oh yeah, they changed my baby. But it's like, well, dude you're in Hollywood, you got paid, you kind of got to expect that. It comes with the territory. Yeah, the, I agree. The, the fact is, it's like, there's still a really fun movie there that's beloved by everyone. And also, if this movie wasn't made, you probably wouldn't have gotten the TV show. So you kind of owe your entire career to this film. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> and... um yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was definitely like a, a game changer, and it really solidified, you know, and uh, gave Joss Whedon just a really, you know, a real uh, position in Hollywood as a, you know, as a oh, writer yeah. and that. Um, but yeah, dude, I loved um, I loved another thing I loved in in Buffy was towards the end where, you know, Buffy has that final confrontation with. Rutger's character and uh you know she, she's got the the crucifix up in his face and you know it just lights up yeah. on fire and then she yeah uh, i can't remember the line she says but yeah sprays the fucking perfume or hairspray in his face it was just like that was just such like man one of the best references right right to the, the team oh dude right before that was like one of the best lines from Rutger, which i just i always loved because it's like you've got this classic old school fucking hammer vampire and he's like looking at her and he's like oh that's your defense your precious faith please yes yeah <laughs> and it's it just good. like just having him throw police out there police, was yeah. just gold man no, I agree, man. He was, uh, he was great. Um, yeah, I, I think Rutger Hauer just cast as the lead vampire was fucking masterful. I think, yeah. Oh man, absolutely. So well done. Absolutely. And, and and that final battle scene between Buffy and and him was awesome, man. Like, yeah, that was, uh, you, you know, kicking ass in a prom dress. <laughs> it was fucking gold. <laughs> and uh, you know, just. You know, plow on the stake through his heart and finishing it off with that spin kick into, into you know, driving the stake deep into his heart was fucking gold. And oh yeah, um, man, yeah. Um, and I especially loved in that scene too with the principal going around handing out um, detention, <laughs> detention slips. <notices. laughs> 
yeah. That great, that great it's quote great where Rucker, Rucker bursts in. He's like, that's not a student. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a fun thing about this movie, man, is like even the fucking side characters, like, you know, the C-list characters, the, yeah. the fucking, you know, I'm just above an extra all get fucking really great, memorable lines. Like Exactly. And that, that's another reason why this film really shouldn't be shit on the way it was. It, it's, a, it's a stroke of genius. It's a mm. fucking, like, I, I don't know, you summed it up the best. It's a real feel-good movie. And it's one that everyone should watch because it's rad. It, it is, man. And it's, that's, that's, that's the whole thing with it. it. I don't know whether people were going to see it expecting something different or I just, I kind of feel like it was a little bit ahead of its time. Cause it's I like, think so too. I, I don't know whether people were going to see it expecting it to be a lot more serious. Cause it's certainly much more comedic than say the lost boys um, or even fright night. And yep. you, know, you, you could definitely say there are comedic elements in fright night and lost boys. Mm. Um even Monster Squad, like, you know, the comedic elements in Monster Squad. Yep. This is probably leaning a bit more into comedy, but it's still very much a horror movie. Like, there's a lot yeah. of horror tropes and nods in there. There's, you know, um, a, a lot of sort of, you know, very um, sort of almost heartfelt homages to like the classic, you know, B team monster movies of like, like you said, the sixties, the seventies. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know why I, I really feel like this deserves another look by people. Cause I know a lot of Buffy fans who are like, Oh, there was a movie. It's like, yeah, there was a movie long before there was a TV show. Um, Cause I, I feel like it's almost largely forgotten and ignored because I mean, you know, in like Buffy lore or whatever from the TV series, it's like, you know, no one, it's kind of, it's the dirty little secret. It's like, we don't talk about the movie. Like, it's like, we don't talk about the troubles. (laughs) Yeah. And that, and that really, that really shits me because it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great movie and it, and like you say, it's, it's the predecessor to the TV series. So you can't really sort of talk about the TV series without talking about the movie. Um, oh, man, absolutely. And I really feel like it deserves another look. Like, I think if, if you're listening to this and you're a fan of the TV show, like you really owe it to yourself to go back and check this out. Like, 100%. cause it's, it's a load of fun. Like you can't have a bad time with this movie. No. And you know, yeah, man, like it just, it just, Leaves you feeling up. It's like a it ends, soundtrack too. It and... ends on a great song. It ends like it's a happy ending. Like you know, they ride off. They literally ride off into the sunset. Yeah, like, they do. They do. Um, awesome. You know, on on a great song. Like the post credit, the the entire credit scene is just like extra jokes, basically. Yeah. Um And they're they're loads of fun. Like, yeah. I agree. It's just a good fun film, man. And mm. and uh, you know, like. Great cast, great soundtrack, great action, like plenty of action, like really so much good fight choreography. Well, there's a fun. lot. Yeah, man. Like, like you know, for, let's, I mean, there's a lot of great little action vampire set pieces. Like there's that scene after she's done all the training where like, you know, she's walking down the alley by herself, which is a great little, you know, 
horror trope inversion and gets jumped by vampires. There's the scene where Luke Perry's trying to get out of town and gets attacked by vampires, and there's that little car chase thing with the cult. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, just so many great little fun moments. Yeah, I agree, man. It was it was cool. And um, you know, it, it came at a time that I feel like uh action movies just needed a different kind of action star. I think Buffy was the the breath of fresh air that they needed. Like, I mean, you know, granted we they were still getting, you know, um getting through the the hysteria of Batmania and I think uh you know Turtle Mania as well. well but, yeah. but we just needed something a little bit different in the the formula of of our heroes and and Buffy was that. Well, I mean, I think this also came out like I, I I feel like I was just remembering then, I feel like this kind of suffered a little bit because when was this? 92? Yeah. Yeah. The year before that, I believe, was Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, which was so big and so much of like the first, Jesus, man, I think Dracula was the first big vampire movie at the box office for probably since Lost Boys, really. Yeah, like because Lost Boys was eighty seven. Like we didn't have a, a whole lot after that, um, in terms of like hitting the cinemas. And I, I guess maybe people were sort of coming off Dracula, like expecting vampires to be big and sweeping and romantic and broody and everything else. And fucking no shots. I fucking love Coppola's Dracula, mm. but you can't really. I mean, that's the thing. It's like Buffy's a very different film. And then, you know, a, a couple of years after this, you had Interview with the Vampire. So it's like, you know, this is kind of sandwiched between the two big, broody, gothic romance vampire movies. Yeah. And it's this weird little crazy, fun, feel-good, upbeat, dopey teen vampire movie that just doesn't try to be anything other than a good time. Cause, so I, I don't yeah. know. I guess it just kind of came at a weird time and people weren't, you know... Yeah, but I, mean, I agree. Yeah, like like you said, it, it it came at a time that it did really kind of reinvigorate like the teen horror vampire movie genre, and like you said, man, it gave us a female action star. Well, like, that's it. It gave us a, it gave us like a a bit of a it it gave us a bit of a jolt to the system. It gave us some, a little something different. It opened doorways to you know obviously tv and film the 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 global impact of it was incredible like Mm. you know regardless of box office status and all that bullshit and all the controversy behind it behind the scenes the movie gave us just something exciting and fun and and that's what we needed because like you say it was sandwiched in between two huge films like dracula and interview with the vampire and it just gave us a little I don't know, just a nice, light-hearted vibe at a time that we needed it, I feel. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just a light, little, fun popcorn flick that, like... And, I mean, Rutger Howard, sorry, uh, Rutger Howard gave us a gave us a taste of that romantic vampire performance with his character. But, yeah. But the comedy was consistent throughout with all hmm. the characters. Well, and, I mean, th- that's the thing. It's like this... This was the launch of a franchise that's still going today. Yeah. 
Like there are still Buffy. I'm I'm reading them. There are still Buffy and Angel graphic novels and comics being published that are wow. a, a reimagining of the entire franchise. Are they and, good? Dude, they're really fucking good, man. Like mm. they're really, really good. Like, um, yeah, the the they're real. Like I have. I, I like Buffy and Angel, like the, the TV shows. I, I enjoyed them a, a lot. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with every rewatch that I've done since they finished, the the cracks in it seem to show a bit more. Like you can, you know, the, the Whedonisms get a little bit more grating. You know, certain characters are a little bit more douchey. You know, the, the stuff that works, works really well. And there's a, like, I have a really complicated relationship with them because it's like, I love them, but I know there's so many fucking flaws. And the comics have basically like, it's like they've sat down, watched Buffy, watched Angel, went, okay, here's all the shit that works. Here's all the shit that doesn't. Let's fuck all that shit off and just concentrate on the stuff that works and make it really work and integrate everything else that didn't work back in, but do it in a way where it, it, it fits and feels right. Yeah. And it's fucking good, man. Like, it's really, really good. Like, you oh. know, characters that I hate with a fiery passion mm. in the TV show, Xander Harris, worst character in television <laughs> history. <laughs> Um, I fucking dude, I just oh god, what a fuck boy. Um, um you know I'm then... gonna look for a Xander action figure for you, mate. <laughs> it's just good. Like... I need some I need something for all my other figures to beat up. <laughs> <laughs> um... they, they, they've actually made him work in the comic as a character that you're like, oh wow, fuck man, you should have done that in the TV series. That would have been so rad. So I feel like the comic book series is, is kind of a redemption for everything that went wrong in the TV series. Oh, very, very much, dude. Very much. Like, I mean, you know, there, there's, like I said, there is some great stuff in that TV show. There, there really is. There's some, like, you know, great performances by the cast. It's like the, the cracks just start to show where you feel that Joss Whedon got a bit heavy handed with stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, there's, there's certain things where it's like, you know, especially now that, you know, certain things have come out about like his behavior on set and towards the cast and crew and stuff like that. And you can kind of really tell, cause I did a Buffy rewatch probably last year while I was, right. while, while I was, um, I was alternating between it and the X-Files while I was writing uh, nice. stuff for the Obscure Files. Nice. Um, and yeah, man, I just feel like you can really tell the bits where Joss was like, no, 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 we're doing this and we're right. going to do this with this character because yep. I don't like that actor or I do like that actor or that character's my character. So we're doing it. And it just gets a bit like, oh, fuck, man. Like, you know, you kind of were letting your ego drive this instead of the story and it really shows yeah um, but the, the comic just takes all the stuff that works and the stuff that works is great because you know the cast on that show were phenomenal and did a bang up job the rest of the writing team that were on there did some absolutely amazing writing and stuff like that and um, I feel like the comic is basically taking all of the good stuff that really really worked and just really refining it and trimming a lot of the fat and unnecessary stuff. Like, mm. for example, there's no robot stepdad. 
Nice. Definitely a step up. Yeah, yeah. No, that works. And the other thing is, too, that the comic uh, leans way more into the horror. Like, it yeah. really leans into the horror stuff. Like, it, you know, leans into vampires. It leans into the fact that they're on a hell mouth and, you know, demons and stuff like that and a lot of the really cool shit. Because, I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like with, with Joss, it's like he's, he's self-professed not to be a massive horror fan. And you can kind of tell because it's like, well, the show's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, vampires are pretty cool. Like, they're enough of a threat. Like, do you really need to go so far beyond that into all this other stuff? Like, yeah. you know, because like I'm saying, like, you know, the movie, the I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, look at the movie. The movie made vampires a credible threat. And, yeah. you know, there was nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with having your vampire slayer slay vampires. No, I agree, man. It's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think I think that's a, a basic formula that works effectively and you don't need to fuck with it and complicate it with mm. robot stepdads. Yeah, yeah, robot stepdads or, you know, praying mantis teachers and yeah, stuff I, like that. I feel like that's where it just gets a little bit far-fetched. The other thing is, is that, uh, you know... Um, I, I kind of, there's part of me wishing that the two Buffies met in some, you know, alternate timeline. Well, I'm kind of wondering. So, like, dude, I'm reading the comics, right? And yeah. So the comics are basically <clears throat> in their own universe and they start doing this thing where it's like the Hellmouth is kind of a multiversal threat. So they're, tra- they're like, you know, there's a little bit, where Willow casts a spell and they get a peek into another universe. And that other universe is the TV Buffy universe, which is very nineties and everything because like the comic is set in, you know, 2019, 2020, that sort of thing. Yeah. So they get like this peek into the multiverse and it's like, okay, so there's all these other multiverses out there with all these different Buffy's. So it's kind of like, are they going to bring in movie Buffy later on? I don't know. Mm, interesting. Which would be cool. Yeah, like, I think so. <clears throat> that would I mean, be you know, what, what would be really, really cool is like, because you know they were going to do a Buffy animated series at one point. Dude, I'm surprised they never did that. Why didn't they do that? Well, they were going to apparently, but Joss killed it. Um, he didn't want them to do it. Um, That's a real shame. What, whatever reason. Like, I mean, dude, we could we could have been having like a Buffy into the Buffyverse movie or something like that, you know? You know what? But don't rule it out, man. Anything is possible. I mean, like that they could totally uh, do that today. Dude, I guarantee you, bro. Like at some point, we're going to get a Buffy reboot. Yeah, we. It's, it's inevitable. It is inevitable. I mean, like it, it's like a a fresh coat of paint, man. Like I feel like. You just need something to take the best aspects of the movie, the best qualities of the TV series, mix them together, and just give us one hell of a reboot. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I feel like you need I, I don't know just some as cliched as it sounds. You just need some t- rebellious friggin' uh, yeah, either a rebellious teen girl or or maybe you just need to go back to that all American fucking prissy, you know. Don't, never wants to break a nail Buffy character. Well, and, I mean, yeah. what would be cool is like, I mean, you remember how we were talking about Rogue's son? It's like, imagine a character like that, 
yeah. but it's a girl. And she's the next Slayer. Like, that would be pretty rad. And just that conflict of she realizes she's, you know, she has a legacy, but she actually doesn't have any interest or desire to fulfill that legacy. Yeah. She just wants to be a fucking, you know, and it's highlighted in the movie. She wants to be a regular teenage girl and go to the prom. And marry Christian Slater and die. like Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was one of the best lines. And yeah. <laughs> man, like, that would be kind of cool. Like, something like that would be fucking rad. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule it out at all. I think, I think uh, yeah, at some point we're going to get that. Uh, it might take oh, man, a yeah. while, but yeah. yeah. I, I, I think we are definitely going to get a Buffy reboot at some point. I don't know what. I mean, look, they've already done it with the comics. I don't know what shape it's going to take, but whether they'll do it as a TV series or, you know, try and kick off a movie franchise with it. Um, well, I mean, now with all the streaming services doing doing the business with limited series and stuff, maybe a six-part fucking limited um, reboot series on Netflix yeah. or something, you know? Like, something like that would be really cool. Um, there was a lot of noise a few years back about, like, I think it was around one of the anniversaries, whether it was the 20th or 25th, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, there was a lot of noise about there potentially being like a reunion special or movie oh, or cool. something like that. Yeah. Which would have been really interesting. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, the problem with that is it's like, well, you got Spike and Angel, so you've got two characters that aren't supposed to age that very obviously have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Highlander. It's like each yeah. movie, Connor McCloud's looking a little closer to fifty. Yeah, and it's, it's like, yeah. weren't you in your thirties when you became immortal in the first yeah, film, and it's... now you're kind of grey and looking a little rough around the edges. It'll I mean, like, you know, look, hey. middle, it'd be like a middle-aged uh, Christy Swanson trying <laughs> to wear a cheerleader <laughs> uniform. <laughs> uh, sorry, Christy. But um... it's, it's, it's like, you know, look, it's, it's cool that like, you know, it's cool. Like, Hey, everyone's allowed to age. It happens to all of us. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you're going to shoot a show where you've got characters that are meant to be immortal, maybe just fucking bang out every sequel you want within the space of a couple of years and then just exactly. spread the release out. Exactly. I feel, I feel that way. But um, yeah, look, man, fucking Buffy the Vampire Slayer, great movie. <laughs> fucking. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. The Rad yeah, launch, launched the a massive is real. legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's so much there's so much we've covered with that, and and definitely a lot of regrets in terms of you know why we never got an animated series, uh, but at least we got a kick-ass comic book, and uh, and Rutger Hauer fucking rules as a vampire. Oh, dude, does he fucking want man? Like, yeah. I mean, that that's the thing, man. Like, Buffy has given us a lot of cool shit. Like, oh yeah. A, a, for a, a tiny little movie that, you know, seems to be sadly largely forgotten by, you know, fan bases and stuff like that. And, you know, was a, a box office bomb, like, or considered a box office bomb and critical failure and all this sort of crap. Like, whatever the fuck that even means. Yeah. 
it's launched a fucking empire, man. Like, it really you has. know, the figures, the soundtracks, the TV shows, the spin-offs, the comics. I think there were even a couple of video games. Like, I think there was yeah, one called Chaos, Chaos Bleeds or something like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, dude, like, whew, like, you know. Uh, oh, oh, to have a film that's a bomb that's that successful. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> oh, dude. And on that note, man, um, man, it's been... that is that is this week's radness done. Oh, and it's been rad. It's been epic. Um, we've had some fun. We've had some laughs with this one. So indeed, indeed. Yeah. From, um, from from wrestling to Domino's food poisoning to Buffy and all the way back again. And of course, some love to the Foo Fighters. So yeah, it was, yeah, it yes, was good. Yes. But um, yeah. Look I, again. I just want to say, take a quick moment to say uh, thank you as always, Jake. You're absolute gem to do a show with i feel exactly the same yeah we have a lot of fun but um thank you more importantly to all the people out there that tune in and listen even if there's five of you i don't care it's the fact that you guys take the time to listen to the show and many of you have taken the time to respond to some of jake's um call outs where he asks you know uh about what your thoughts of the show are. i think it's great i love oh yeah man getting more involved with that yeah yeah, that's very, very cool. Yeah, it's super duper. So, uh, yeah, man, just, yeah, we can't thank you all enough and just keep uh, keep supporting the but show I, and uh, hit that subscribe button for I, sure. I do have a question for our listeners, and that is none of y'all have claimed the prize for last week's Freaky Friday yet. Like, what's going on? Maybe, I don't know, do you think we went too long? Uh, either that or just, everyone's just like, I don't want a copy of that. Thanos. Thanos. I don't know. I don't know. But hey, look, we'll try it again. Uh, yeah, it's it's still it's still up for grabs. So you know, just like comment something on the page on Facebook and um, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Comment on the page and uh, yeah, we'll um, we will reward you righteously. So yes, yes, we will <laughs> with a, a shiny unread Thanos wins hardcover. Dude, you're making me want that now. That's well, awesome. it's got Cosmic Ghost Rider in it. Oh, what? I'm fucking, <laughs> fucking jealous now. Is, is, is the mic still on? Just fucking go to the page and comment, okay? And I'll send it to you. All right. Okay, I will. <laughs> oh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> no, no. We, I won't say shit. <laughs> All right, Jake. It's been great. Um, Absolutely, brother. I will talk to you very, very soon. Fucking A, man. Kick ass as always. That was a rad one in... Indeed. Woo. Number one down. I don't even know what number we're up to. Oh, I don't know. I lost count after two. Just make an arbitrary one. I lost count after six, six, six. That was the that was oh, awesome to me. That was great. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we'll just keep the good times rolling, dude. Indeed. All right, man. Have a rad one. Hey, bro. Talk soon. Bye. Hasta. Thanks so much to everyone for tuning in to another awesome episode of Rad. That was another epic episode and that's what we live for man epic fun right hope you're digging it uh send us some feedback we're on the facebooks uh jake and me we're on the social medias somewhere you know you'll find us and uh yeah drop some feedback let us know what you think of the show if there's things you want us to talk about in specific um that are related to what we talk about but um more importantly if you haven't done it already hit the subscribe button uh it it really helps us a bit um i mean shit it, it's not going to change our lives or anything but 
But dude, it just shows that little bit of extra love and support. And uh, who knows, man, we might actually get a few more listeners out of it. And uh, yeah, just do the thing. It's a good thing to do. Shit, you support all your favorite artists. So why not support our little podcast? Um, Again, as always, this episode and all of our episodes proudly brought to you by my very own Freak Productions. Uh, Yeah, I've got nothing but uh, love and gratitude for the weekend that was last at Supernova. Massive thanks to the the, uh, crew of Supernova for allowing me to uh, speak at one of the panels. It was a huge honor. It was great to just, you know, rub shoulders with uh, some of the creative uh, minds out there that uh, are doing great things in Artist Alley. And uh, it was great to meet some of you people that, uh, you know, come along and ask me questions about podcasts and comic books and writing in general. That was amazing. And uh, yeah, looking forward to doing more of it. So uh, yeah, all thanks to Freak Productions, man. It's a little thing that I created that, uh, you know, look, I'm going to keep it going on and going on. So uh, show you show you love, show you support. Go to www.frekproductions.com. Show some love. And uh, yeah, we'll keep this show rocking like docking, right? Yeah, you know it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You're all awesome. And uh, Jake and me have... Nothing but thanks to to uh, and gratitude to express to all you awesome people out there. Uh, you know, every, every superstar says it, but honestly, without you guys, we're nothing. Uh, we're just two guys talking shit and just hoping for something good to happen. So something good is happening. People are listening and enjoying it. So yeah, any feedback, hit us up. And uh, till next time, stay rad. Have a rad weekend. And uh, stay tuned for another blockbuster episode coming your way. Till then, stay rad.